All right, folks, welcome to a very special collaboration between How Original and Think Fresh Podcast. Is this, is this where we talk? Yeah, no, this is where you prove that you guys are real and you are on the episode. Wow. We are real. We're responding to commands. Okay. Um, <laughs> Eric, please state your name. <laughs> my name is Eric. If you listen to our show, you'll recognize my voice, but not my face. This is not a video pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strictly audio only. This is Ty speaking. If you're listening to How Original, then you unfortunately may like our podcast as well. <laughs> Think fresh podcast. There's a Venn diagram of very troubled people who I think <laughs> and, uh, partake in both. Find the time for both. Is yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you can either listen to one episode of How Original or five episodes of Think Fresh. Right. So it's like, how do you want to spend your time? Yeah. If you want to put up numbers, I would highly recommend Think Fresh, yeah. um, which is the greatest and maybe only Subway themed podcast out there. Yeah, much like Subway, we are quantity over quality play. <laughs> you don't have anybody franchise, right? We should note, though, that we're not just about Subway. We have all matters of cultural interest uh, featured on our podcast. And That's right. uh, Subway barely graces an episode these days. Yeah, we had to uh, change our bio from a podcast about Subway to a podcast mostly about Subway. Mm, Subway yeah. about podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> after 280 episodes Subway. of Subway, we started we st- start running out of things to talk about. We reached the last inch. And that's where we found ourselves, <laughs> and that's why we uh, spend more time getting featured on other podcasts nowadays you know enough about us though this is not our podcast, this is our podcast. <laughs> no no i i We're want you right i want you to plug <laughs> i want you to plug think fresh yeah. i will say um for those people who are listening to this and they haven't heard the crossover episode we did on think fresh that is episode 231 of think fresh i believe the title is hard feelings harder bread mm-hmm. and because i'm a crazy narcissist i just listened to it the other day i was cracking myself up it's a great episode. And I will add, it was our top episode this year, thanks to Spotify. Oh, yes. Hell yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do want to say, I know we don't often get square bracket emotional on this show, but we do appreciate <laughs> all of our listeners, especially those people who sent us the metrics. Yes, dude. <laughs> there are some people who have spent a crazy amount of time with us. The amount mm-hmm. of minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, dude. I don't spend that much time with my family no <laughs> no <laughs> the amount of time they spent listening to me and my <laughs> my family isn't even in my top 10 artists so <laughs> yeah no get, like crazy parasocial like dms be like yo that was so funny when you said this and you're like who the fuck are you? occasionally <laughs> not you know what not as much as i would like and I, I did arguably make the mistake of giving out like my real full phone number on a recent oh episode. God. So I'm waiting oh, to yeah, just get a text being like, I'm your biggest fan. We should be together. <laughs> it's a real stand type stuff. A real yeah. bodyguard thing. Yeah. It's like when yeah. Jack Harlow tweeted or like posted his phone number on his stories. He's like, no, oh. that's basically it, man. Man, I assume he's had to change the number by now. It could be a burner. Who knows? Probably a burner. Right. Yeah, I doubt that's like his primary day-to-day number. Mm, that's his assistance number, or maybe even an enemy's, for all we know. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Who's Jack Harlow's enemy, do you think? Like, maybe that's like Ty- Tyler, the creator? <laughs> maybe his, his uh, number? There's a bit of a dichotomy there between their um, yeah. general approaches to hip-hop. Yeah. Now, who was I thinking of? Oh, Travis Scott. I was thinking of Travis Scott. Maybe that's mm. Travis Scott's number. Maybe he's pranking mm. him by giving out Travis Scott's number. Well, I think they're just, I think they're rivals. I think they're they're just rivals. competing to be putting out like the biggest generic songs. Yeah. <laughs> In the yes. music industry, it's very important to manufacture beef. It's how you maintain relevancy. So even if it was just a random Dude. hit on Travi, it could be just to facilitate 
more discourse through the music. No, dude, why haven't rappers, dude, rappers love to beef. Why haven't they thought of this already? Just dox your enemies on mic. Mm -hmm. Just give out their phone numbers. Just, why didn't Pusha just give out Drake's phone number? I I can actually answer this for (laughs) you. He probably knows what it is. He definitely knows it. But the thing is, it's kind of like a nuclear arms race. If you Mm. shoot a nuke, they're just going to shoot it back. Because it's like, they also have your shit. So it's like, right, right, right. Yeah, you don't want to do that unless, mm-hmm. dude. Like um, I just want to hear a Pusha song where it's like six zero four seven eight nine. Wait, whose number here? That's all my number. Like that's just the chorus. It's just Drake's phone. Straight up though, that's the only reason that Pusha could draw, like, mention Adonis on a track because Pusha's like, I'm fairly confident I don't have a son. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I don't. Confirmed not having a kid, so he's like, I'm comfortable yeah, saying that. Nothing on me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kanye posted Drake's address, and then people got all on him. It's like, well, you can't do that in, in rap beef or whatever. Right. And he's uh-huh. like, it's on Google. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just public information. Mm. There's only a handful of Wait. white mansions with like 5G wagons outside. Of right. So through context clues and like seeing right, it right. in pictures, you can then triangulate on Google Maps. That's, exactly. that's a good point. Like Rosewood is only like 15 blocks. Like you cover it in an <laughs> afternoon on Street View. Wait. Right. But if it's on Google, why aren't we there right now? <laughs> Why are we, <laughs> Why are we not inside? <laughs> yeah. I think it's like what five million dollars an hour to use that booth. Pocket change uh, for how I, original. I think Drake probably heard the negative stuff I said about his recent albums oh. on Pod, so now we're not invited anymore. Oh, I'm sorry, right. dude. I ever in that Yeah, that happened to us with the two remaining amigos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a reason Did we're the not dead one like you guys. Though? <laughs> he, he, he was yeah, a homie. He, yeah, he advocated for us. Oh but... man, Jingle. <laughs> So, okay, I have a pitch for everyone here that I think combines our shared interests of Netflix and Subway. And I haven't told anyone this yet. Wait, this this is a Netflix podcast? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well... This week, it's about the idol, but generally, yes. Dude, I was at the dentist the other day, and she was like, what do you want to watch? I can put on some Netflix for you. I was like, please. Yeah. <laughs> she put on something called Tiny Animals. <laughs> Tiny Animals. A Netflix is original it, program. Is this about, like, hedgehogs? So What's from what I can tell, it's like they're filming real, live, tiny animals on a set, on like a, on like a set that's meant to be, like, a someone's house, just like a regular family's house. And it's like, what would tiny animals do in like a regular person's house so i think they just like <laughs> you describing this real show that exists make me con- makes me convinced that the pitch i'm about to give is very good compared to most <laughs> of what netflix accepts <laughs> anyway I was, I was watching tiny animals wow. as i was uh what, getting what my teeth cleaned it was, it was pretty wild. what what animal was uh it? so they were um uh, spotlight was on the raccoon for this one uh caterpillar arguably not tiny though Raccoon? It's a small animal. Yeah, it's is small. it a baby raccoon? I would even go as far as say it's a medium-sized animal. Is it like the cases. runt of the raccoon litter? Ah, uh, no, I guess you guys huh. are right. Yeah, huh. I think I think they're. Yeah, you're right. I think their uh, meter for tiny animals is pretty. It's maybe too hmm. big. They're like mm-hmm. their I distance. Assume. The distance on the app is yeah. way too big. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> search was like a generated like small raccoon. Yeah, like kind of like that old commercial where it's like the house hippo. House hippo. Yeah. House hippo. Oh, yeah. Canadian heritage. Yeah. <laughs> are these CGI animals or are these real animals? So as far as I understand from my viewing of it on a TV screen above me, above my head in the dentist's office, um, I think they're real animals on like a set. But and the people are actors and they're on a set, but they're real animals <laughs> doing real things, you guys. I don't understand what this show is or yeah. who it is for. 
So let me give another pitch where I don't it's know. It's for me, dude. Born. I'm getting my teeth cleaned. I'm just trying to relax, <laughs> take my mind off the fucking water pig. Dude, my teeth are sensitive sometimes. There's a couple in the back. Oh, man. I uh, I mean, I'm not going to say any. Like, you know when they say, like, just say something. If, right. Like, if it start to hurt. Mm-hmm. I never, I'm no, I've never say said something, anything. but I'm going to like recoil like crazy. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, your hands are in my mouth. I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to physically recoil like crazy. Um, so anyway, yeah. yeah I don't have hands in my mouth. Feet in my mouth? That's different. I want me a foot long. Hey. Yeah. The, oh, oh, I thought you were going to say if the hygienist put their toes in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, I don't know what kind of dentist yeah. you go can to. Can you make my mouth dirtier? Yeah. Can you give me a referral to the dentist? Yeah, just a cleaner. Okay. So. As we know, Subway has a bit of a branding issue. Their last spokesperson didn't work out so great. Of course, I'm talking about he who shall not be named, Jared, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Fogel. Now, it's come to my attention, there's a prime documentary about the rise and fall of Fogel that either has come out or is about to. Fogel points? I don't know what it's called. But <laughs> that's, what I would, that's what I would call it. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, Netflix is always like second to the punch. It's always doing things a bit worse than every other mm. network. So I'm like, what if there was a show that was about the real life search for a new Subway spokesperson? And I think in the first episode, you would have to address everything about Fogel. Don't yeah. do about a whole episode. Maybe half of the first episode is about the rise and fall. Mm-hmm. Then we kind of move into you know, addressing the void that's been left. And then we travel around maybe the world, visiting all sorts of different subways, talking to the customers, the sandwich artists, celebrities who enjoy subway in the hunt for a new spokesperson. I think in the end, it has to be a sandwich artist with a heart of gold who is very photogenic and attractive. Mm-hmm. But I think there needs to be a new spokesperson. I think that's a huge gap in their brand identity. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, Finding I... Fogel. Well, I don't know if we want to highlight Fogel in the title. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm trying to lose this Fogel. Is, this is about Sorry, finally I, putting yeah. Fogel behind us. We finally get closure, and then we progress into the future. Okay. And it's like yes. we get all these charming slices of life at different mm-hmm. subways. Okay. I, I like to think that every character that enters the show, there's also a background check that's ran, and they just verify <laughs> yes. the audience. <laughs> The feds do a sweep of his laptop. You mm-hmm. know. Any external hard drives that might be in this exactly. person's residence. Need the iCloud password. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but once we thoroughly vet. Yeah, um, no spoon nor slice of tomato t- turn unturned. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, so question yeah. about the premise is, mm-hmm. um, does he have to go through the same arc that Jared well, George, went I through? Think, you know what I'm saying? Like, Why are we assuming that this will be a heat? It could be a she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could fair, be a that. Fair, fair, fair. fair, fair. We're, we're completely open-minded about who the next spokesperson could be. But do they have to go through an Adele-type, Jared Fogel-type <laughs> arc? You guys understand what I'm getting at here. Mm-hmm. Like, are you saying they have to be a really yes. fat person who loses a tremendous amount of weight? Do they have to hold up their old jeans at mm, some point I, right. two years down the line? I don't know. Because I feel like that's not Subway's uh, value proposition mm-hmm. anymore, that like you'll lose weight eating this. Uh-huh. I feel like... Totally agree. Mm-hmm. maybe that that was their messaging for a while but now it's like the weight is irrelevant it's just like the convenience right because yes. they're the world's number one most franchised like fast mm-hmm. food establishment so it'll be really charming is if you get someone like a lizzo somebody mm-hmm. who like performatively works out mm-hmm. who like it's known that they just film a video and stop <coughs> yeah mm-hmm. have you seen that where she would like film a workout but like she'll she'll uh switch outfits but then, oh like, wow the stuff is in the same place it's like exactly holy shit no like, oh she filmed it all in the same day 
Oh, wow. Oh, shit. One wow. Big sesh. It's, all, it's all one big sesh. Interesting. I have seen very negative feedback online whenever she posts about like going on a diet or attempting to lose weight, though. It's a very odd phenomenon. Dude, everyone wants to police Lizzo's body. And yeah. I'm not here for that. I think she would make a fantastic Subway spokesperson. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but I don't think that, it, that she is the one. And I actually mm. don't think that any one person is the oh. one. Hear me out. A stronger ending is that we find out that we are all the Subway spokesperson. <laughs> we all make a sandwich that is unique to us. Right. And therefore, how could you even replicate that oh for, my God. Or, as a role model to everybody else? Right. The sandwich artist was inside it. No, <laughs> okay, pause. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't man. know. I like the way that's going. <laughs> but yes, I do get what you're saying. There, there has to be a threshold of you're, forgiveness. You're here. a Fogel victim, dude. I did. Yeah. I didn't know. I'm so I hate sorry. To break it to you like this. Yeah. The ironic part about this perspective is that Subway actually ends up recruiting more like child pornographers as. Um, <laughs> as folks, spokespersons because with 7 billion people on statistically Earth, statistically they're getting right. the numbers here an unfortunate side effect of mm-hmm. this all-encompassing campaign yeah. and they it would be weird for them to say everybody excluding jared because right so they'd have to re-recruit him as well in order to be inclusive. <laughs> so there are a few flaws but well they could just say no felons allowed no felons. he's locked up right now so. right <laughs> how do you think that would go over it's like yeah you are all represent subway unless you're in jail yeah, exactly <laughs> Unless you smoked weed 10 years ago. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I guess prisoners don't have access to Subway. Maybe. Honestly, they might, for all we know. If you're in the Swedish prisons where they give you, like, Ikea furniture and PlayStations and shit. Or that could be a subplot of the show that you venture into prisons to talk to Subway super fans and realize they've been deprived of Subway. And that is, like, this effort to like reconnect them rehabilitate them through subway just knowing that all the subway super fans are already in prison (laughs) you find out that like 95 percent of subway super fans have like violent convictions (laughs) have been like objective detriments to their community and the people in their lives so instead of like the traditional prisoner finds god in the prison <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're finding their subway god Dude, they're yeah finding Fogel. okay they're finding Fogel. they're finding Fogel. Yeah. instead of converting to islam they convert to subway <laughs> <laughs> they convert to a flatbread you know once in a while oh man like i did last night yeah. oh fuck that that dinner foot long was i thought you were joking about that no no it was real i almost <laughs> sent you a picture on instagram Dude, I don't want the footlong shaboing boing in my inbox. <laughs> it was so insane. <laughs> Unsolicited footlongs. It, it was so insane going into a subway like for dinner because it's truly just you and the artist mm. and maybe God watching mm. what you're doing. You, like commission a piece for God's and... not there. Dude, God is not there. Dude, that's his number one yeah. uh, enemy, right? Because the prisoners are good. He's taking a subway's taking away business from him. True. From the prisoners, true. dude. God's so like, there are trials. Worshiping false idols. God's got to drop the subway phone number in a, in a rap song. <laughs> false idols is a good episode title. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. See, our pod, we don't get to do fun titles. We just yeah. call everything literally the title of what yeah. we cover. Yeah. Mm, that can change tonight. It could change tonight because we are breaking all the rules. You're right, we are. Because mm-hmm. we're looking at an HBO original. Which I've already received negative feedback for. Right. And I'm like veering off the course. I'm like, guys, we've been doing this for a year. There are like 10,000 more things we can talk about. 
can we get one week off? <laughs> Is that fine if we do one week without it? It's not even a week off. We're still recording a pod. Yeah, no, it's not. Exactly. <laughs> so the fans love Netflix more than you guys. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's yeah. not yeah. That's <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> it sucks that as a derivative of Netflix, you weren't able to outclips them in popularity. Yeah. <laughs> if they had to choose between any Netflix original or us as people, human beings. <laughs> if they had to choose tiny between animals. <laughs> tiny animals or sentencing us to death. Or average or average sized white white male. Yeah. White males. Yeah. Fuck Mary Kill. How original. <laughs> tiny, tiny animals. Tiny yeah. animals. <laughs> god damn so yeah let's just launch into the idol it's a triple homicide for me bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like can i kill three times <laughs> it's pre-medi <laughs> yeah let's get into it patty so where do we begin a show that was almost universally reviled that unsurprisingly i was a huge contrarian and i'm like this is actually good um eric and i watched it when it came out in the summer we recruited George and Ty to watch it more recently. Yes. Um, over this past weekend, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, where do we even start with this? Let's go into the troubled production history yeah, and the start. Rolling Stone hit piece mm. and uh, kind of the weekend's response to it yes. that he shared on Twitter mm-hmm. the day the Rolling Stone piece dropped. The, hey. ro- the Rolling Stoner freezes mind online. <laughs> <laughs> the summary of what unfolded. Oh, there were a lot of people freeing their minds online about yeah. this show. <laughs> To uh, to varying consequences, yeah. So able to let spy, me just grab my computer. Uh, colloquially known as the weekend, uh, had an idea in 2019. He had an idea for a television show, a movie in five episodes um, that he proceeded to pitch to Sam Levinson, creator of Euphoria. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Levinson was not available to filmed the show i think when it was being put into production in what 2021 2020 i believe it was 2021 yeah when all the trouble started <laughs> when it all began yeah um well he was probably pretty busy with euphoria perhaps yeah because yeah. the last season came out in 2022 i think would have been filmed in 21 probably the timing adds out yeah. yeah. It's got an alibi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the weekend partnered up with uh, director, actress Amy Simons. Yeah. Yeah. And she was not a writer on this, I believe. Um, she has written things before, but apparently part of the problem with her directing is that the scripts were being rewritten at such a rapid rate that it's like they were going to film episodes without a complete script being finished, which. Yeah. Uh, would be challenging as a director. You're not exactly being set up for success. Definitely. Um, Especially when your male lead, it's his first acting gig. Yes. Like... Oh, and we'll litigate the weekend's <laughs> acting in a while because I really want to get some opinions on that. Well, technically second after Uncut Gems. I don't know Where if you he, saw his. Oh, he yeah. plays yeah. himself in 2011. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. barely a credit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, role, like dream role, like fucking Julia Fox. In yeah. Room, yeah. That's your entire acting career. <laughs> The IMDb is just nothing Fact. but hits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing but hits singular. Yeah, and Julie Fox before she went like Bo- cuckoo. Mm, yeah, yeah, before yeah. she became very off-putting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Universally hated. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Pan? Kill. Kill. Pan's Labyrinth? <laughs> Pan's? <laughs> Pan. Um, so, so, <laughs> so <laughs> we're in a Pan's Labyrinth right now, I think. So let's get, let's get out of the labyrinth. So let's find our way out. We, uh, so 
they start filming, as you said, yeah, I think the weekend had like a very loose idea of what the show would be, but it's mostly vibes. It sounds like, and apparently they filmed 80% of the yes. show, right? So um, before Amy Simons got let fired. Go. Yeah. So it's by the weekend, I guess. I, and I think by HBO, like yeah. HBO would have had to approve yeah. the decision. I don't think he can just unilaterally yeah. do it. Like he's not funding the entire show. Yeah. Um, but yes, Amy Simons was let go when an, apparently 80% of the show had been filmed. Not a single part of that was kept. Sam Levinson was brought in. He and The weekend reconceptualized the whole thing. And in the Rolling Stone article, kind of the infamous claim is that she was let go because she was focusing too much on like a feminist perspective. Mm. And The weekend was like, nah, that's not gonna, not gonna fly. I can't find anything outside of the Rolling Stone article to confirm or I guess he denied it though in another quote that yes. you sent me yeah and i wasn't able to find amy simance's comments on the idol afterwards like Her perhaps perspective mm-hmm. perhaps she signed an nda yeah. um it's but i suppressed. i would love to know what her thoughts are about finished product and how what she envisioned would have been different and i do think she is a much better director than sam levinson however sam levinson does have a certain je ne sais quoi um I don't think he's a very good writer, but I think in terms of creating a vibe, he's pretty strong. What has um, he made outside of Euphoria? He's made a few movies that like were not super well received, I oh. think. But probably strong vibes. But Euphoria <laughs> is like amazing. Yeah. And it's funny because so many people online are obsessed with Euphoria but hate Sam Levinson. And it's like, well, you can't have one without the other. Mm. It's like hating the sandwich artist. It's like, yeah. he, made, he helped you make it. You know? Yeah, you can't have the flatbread without the art. <laughs> like they're, they're part and parcel. There was only one set of footprints in the sand where the sandwich artist <laughs> <Yeah>. carried you. <laughs> Someone's got to put the gloves on. Right? <laughs> you put your hand into the sandwich artist glove and you both make the sandwich. Hand in hand. Like you a Ouija board where you yeah. let it like steer you. Some <laughs> um, type shit. But yeah, I mean, I like we'll never see it, but I would love to know what Amy Simons' version was because I'm willing to bet that it was better than what we ended up with. But we did end up with something very distinct that garnered quite a bit of attention. Um, And I want to read. Here's the title. (laughs) This came out in March, long before a single frame had aired on our TVs. The Idol, how HBO's next euphoria became twisted torture porn. (laughs) Mm-hmm. as soon as i read this article i'm like yo i gotta watch this <laughs> yeah perfect marketing actually right here's yeah. the thing how did they know that amy simons wasn't filming twisted torture porn you know what i'm saying like they're just assuming right. they, they didn't see the simons cut dude i mean no at least the simons cut right i want to see the simons cut and i but... think there would have been there would have been a lot of the same themes of like cults manipulation yeah. probably some well, freaky stuff i'm assuming it's the same story it's just i don't know uh, I don't know. It's, or, I don't know. Well, who knows? Who knows? It's um, tough to tell because we're told in this article it was completely reconceptualized, but it's yeah. like we never got to see the original version. So how are we to know? I mean, my theory is that Sam Levinson, because I read an article that I sent you, that Sam Levinson just became available and then they just dropped Amy because <laughs> the right. weekend was like, I just want to work with this guy. He wasn't available. You forced me to go into production on this like right. too quickly. He he happened to not be available. And right? he and, has that history with HBO and he's delivered one of their 
wildly successful shows in recent memory. So it's like, mm-hmm. why would we not just get this guy again? Exactly. And I think when he became available, he, they just dropped AD. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it had nothing to do with... That's my theory. That's my yeah. personal belief. That's, I, like a, that's a $50 million pivot right there. Yeah. Surely someone ran the numbers and thought, yeah. this is too expensive of a risk. Because it was estimated that the Simons cut ended up costing between 54 to even $75 million. Shit. And then none of it was kept. And also, I think the weekend using his actual house as Jocelyn's house was kind of a cost-cutting measure. That was the weekend's house? Yeah, that's his real house. Oh, yeah. that's sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sure they made it look a bit more bare and depressing than he actually has it in real life. But yeah, that is his genuine house. So That's like how we're using your house as our production yeah. studio. It's very similar. Yeah, and I make, it, I, make, <laughs> I make it look really depressing when you guys come over, but I actually decorate it totally differently when I'm here alone. It's all perfect. You put the can of Pringles next yeah. to the pasta sauce, next to the apple cinnamon yeah. Cheerios on the counter on purpose. <laughs> when we walked in the booth tonight, all the overhead lights are on and Patrick's just straying back and forth in the middle of the living room. <laughs> the, the Andrew Tate clip where he's like pacing back and forth with a cigar. Yeah, mm-hmm. smoking a cigar when he's out of prison. Yeah. Damn, this is your locker room. That's, a, that's how I feel every time I get ready to pod. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> well, I did not know that was his house. This makes sense because I think my entire thesis on this film is about this being a the weekend wanting to just like make a story about himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we can get into that later. I feel like uh, the big thing to address here with the Rolling Stones article is actually kind of meta where they mention how this is like this scandalous sexual fantasy. But then the opening scene of this entire show, they're look all looking at Jocelyn getting photographed in the nude and one of the producers even comments that sex sells or something yeah mental illness is sexy and that's kind of the theme of the shoot like how exactly how damaged she is and like that sells so then when this article came out i bet you like abel and sam were like at cans like oh shit we're gonna sell the shit out of this because that is the theme (laughs) of the show yeah there's like a a level to that too yeah yeah no i um i was definitely very very curious as soon as i saw this article and also on the same day this article dropped, March 1st, earlier this year, The weekend released a clip on Twitter, which didn't actually make it into the broadcast version of the show, but it's him as Tedros and then Lily Rose Depp as Jocelyn talking to Dan Levy's character about how Rolling Stone is so washed up mm-hmm. because Dan Levy is saying like, oh, Rolling Stone wants to do a cover on Jocelyn. And The weekend's like, they're nobody anymore. Like that doesn't even make sense. Like it's not a good use of her time, basically. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I thought that was interesting because, like, the timing. They must have had that scene already filmed, Mm -hmm. presumably, but then it ended up not making the final show. And there also was a lot made of the fact that the original order was for six episodes, and then the broadcast version was only five episodes. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that message was really delivered to us as the audience very clearly because I was still expecting six episodes. And when it was revealed, oh, the fifth episode is the final one, I was like, wait, what? We still have so much ground to cover in the story. Mm. And I think a lot of people who didn't like the show were kind of gloating, like, oh, it's so bad. They're not even airing all the episodes. But it sounds like it was only meant to be five once they threw away about 60 to $70 million. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One last episode out of it, too. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think with the Rolling Stone thing, that was a bit of like a chess move? Because they probably had it in the show. Mm -hmm. Rolling Stone probably saw like Mm. a like a cut before it went live right and then we're like okay fuck these guys we're gonna 
do a bad review before it comes out just to like get everyone fire the first shot yeah well, thinking it'll be bad before mm, they even see it i think allegedly they talked to crew where which is where they got a lot of their um, they have 13 anonymous sources 13 anonymous mm-hmm. sources victims come forward <laughs> yes um uh, that that's where they got their material for the the first hit piece, I think mostly. So yeah. I don't even know if they saw a cut, right? I think they were just reporting on yeah the, the report mm. the yeah just like what the crew was saying. Or maybe like one episode had been shown at maybe. Can at that yeah, point, but, maybe. But yeah, I think most of it was unknown to the outside world. They were just yeah the Can yes it yeah. had been shown I think and reactions had come in, but I don't think they had seen it. I believe based on right. My, sense of it when i was reading the article um, yeah i, I, don't, I don't think know. so either yeah dude if you talk to rolling stone about how toxic our podcast is getting i'm gonna be so <laughs> mad i'm also gonna know it's you because we're two people so it's not me <laughs> a source the inside the podcast i'll be like hmm. i wonder who could have done this um well, yeah, should we take a quick break here and then we'll uh we'll come back and yeah dive right in there's a lot to get into here all right we are back and we did very mysterious things during the break that nobody will ever know about we do get a lot of questions and uh you know we kissed well sometimes it's a broadcasting secret we all kissed (laughs) we all had a subway sandwich (laughs) no just kidding we did have a lot of sushi before we started though that was nice that was good I'm so full from that. You'll have to get the How Original VIP Pass to see what happens behind the scenes, though. Yeah, join the yeah. Patreon. <laughs> join the Patreon. Join the OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah, $4 a month and you'll see Patty strip down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you'll see Patty yeah. Pringles. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been big into Pringles recently. I've also been eating a lot of Terry's Chocolate Oranges. Do you guys ever yes. go through a phase where you eat a Terry's Chocolate Orange every day? So are you supposed <laughs> to, like, I'm unclear because, you know, like, I don't know. Are the commercials like a tutorial for how to yes. eat it? So you have to slam it down. So they on have the, table? the blue dot where it all connects and then you smack it down. Just really smack hard. it against yeah. the back of your wife's head, right? <laughs> well, I was gonna say I think it's a good I think it's a good tool to avoid domestic violence. Okay, okay. Because if you're in the middle of a heated argument, imagine just grabbing a Terry's chocolate orange and being like, You make me so mad and then you smash it and you're like, Okay, I'm over it now. Right. Sorry. The idol d- made me misogynistic, yeah. if you guys are wondering. It actually turned me into a female hater. Yeah, this made me really red pill. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Do you guys think this show is actually misogynistic? What does that word mean? (laughs) (laughs) So, no, you don't think it is. Absolutely. This this show's not misogynistic. It's so misogynistic. So... So you think a legitimate answer though? That's my legitimate answer. I'm you saying yes? Yeah. Saying yes. And I think like it's the pro-feminist move to say it's misogynistic. You can say mm. it about anything to be pro-feminist. Right. Yes. Yeah. So do you think because a lot of people didn't respond well to the reveal that in the end, Jocelyn is not actually the victim as she initially portrays herself. She's the master manipulator. Because it's a bit of a bold move in today's cultural climate to write a script where it's like Actually, this woman who is seemingly being abused is the abuser. Mm. Like, she's the mastermind. I have a way to to frame this a little bit. So, I don't know. The way I thought about that twist in general. um, Because I think this whole show, I think... Because people call this a satire of the music industry of showbiz. Yeah. I don't even think that's, like, the main topic. I don't believe it's actually a satire. Interested in. Um, I think the topic that it's interested in most is the topic of control. Who right. has control mm-hmm. um, in the transaction? And so, like, in the modern context, in, like, 
today's landscape. Uh, I feel like there's this conversation goes on sometimes around the idea of like, let's say pornography or like, um, uh, wait, what's pornography? Can you define that for us? We we actually have never seen that. So pull that up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's basically the idol. Yeah. (laughs) You're in it, dude. Imagine somebody enjoying the idol and being like, wait, I can see more of this online. (laughs) The cross section. Yeah, the cross section of people who have never watched pornography but have seen the idol. Yeah. It's a gateway drug. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, they do have uh, Carl Glusman portraying the boyfriend. You've seen them. Has anyone here seen the movie Love? You have, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. As soon as I see him on screen, I'm like, are they going to go full penetration? <laughs> but they didn't in the idol. Mm. A lot of uh, unsimulated sex in that movie. Um, but anyway, this what I was saying was this conversation happens around like, I don't know, strippers, people in like the female uh, pleasure industry. I don't know what else to call it. Pleasure industry? Is that an industry? I don't know. Anyway, Are you talking about like sex work specifically? Sex work, sex work, or... sex work, gay, sex work. Okay. Podcasting? Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, podcasting, yeah. Part of the pleasure industry. <laughs> um ASMR, baby so uh you know sex work is real work etc and i think the conversation there is like um feminists will say like well it's actually female empowerment to do that right to to like own your body totally. and to, to and, 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 and to like um extract funds out of people sort of it's it's you know it's real work it is like uh you're in control whereas other people will say maybe like more old school feminists will say like no you're actually like exploiting yourself you're, you're like just, the you're, system mm, is inherently exploitative yeah. to participate yeah. in so i think the question i think for me at least the big question of the show is who is exploiting who is she exploiting the weekend or is the weekend exploiting her and I think it's the same conversation as right. the old school feminists and the new school feminists have. Um, so in that, like, if you are showing your body, let's say on an album cover, right? Who's exploiting who? Are you exploiting the fans or are the fans exploiting you? Who's right. getting the higher, uh, you know, end of the stick or whatever, the, mm-hmm. the longer end of the stick. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned control. So on my rewatch yesterday, I noticed, I think the weekend... Like, as a writer, I think he has a lot to say about all the entourage, like, hangers-on who are trying to exert their own agency over Jocelyn under the guise of, like, oh, we care about her so much, where it's, like, I think it's very debatable whether any of these people have her best interests at heart. And I think all the, like, entourage characters, like Hank Azaria's character, Jane Addams' character, like, they're all kind of ridiculous. Like yes. these are not great people by any mm-hmm. means. They're all they're all antagonists. They're all degree. manipulators. Yeah. So yeah, I think the question of who ultimately has control and then everybody who tries to involve themselves in a successful artist's life mm-hmm. and claims to offer value, but maybe they're all trying to leech off the person who actually has the talent yeah. and provides the value. Yeah. The challenge, though, is you can't think about the misogyny in this film as just about the exploitation of the characters. You also have to think about it as a film. And then yes. there's the layer of producers on top. Sam and the boys at the top floor are also calling the shots of what's sh- showing up in this show. So yes. then there's a level of like self-awareness of their own exploitation of Lily Rose Depp, essentially, yeah. in the making of the show. Totally. And for context, apparently Lily Rose Depp has said that it was really good to work with Sam Levinson. And I, I don't believe she's ever tracked that back or had any negative statements about him. I think she said, in fact, he was the best director she's ever worked with. Yeah. Like she had pretty high praise. Um, in the same way that Jocelyn was talking about her management. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but yes, and I think 
I think Sam Levinson is so polarizing that a lot of people are kind of picking up on maybe some narrative patterns where mm. perhaps in Euphoria and this there are some commonalities of like um, aestheticized female suffering. But my counterpoint, is it bad? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do I like is, watching it? Is that not valid art? Um, yeah, I don't know. But is it really like specific to women though? Because you could say like Euphoria, they're exploiting like what kids do as yeah. like entertainment. It's like, this is what all young people do. It's yeah. like whether their parents know it or not. And then same thing in music. Like, I don't know, you have male artists as well who are trapped in contracts and yeah. that they signed when they were like 16 and they don't know what they were doing. Well, even like the character right? of Isaac is seemingly going through some of the same abuse at Ted Rose's hands that like mm -hmm. Chloe and Jocelyn are going through. Mm -hmm. I don't want to yeah. keep revisiting my thesis that this is a movie of or show about the weekend's life but i feel like he probably went through that when he was coming up in ovo or mm -hmm. whatever too i mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna say i do feel like the weekend i do feel like this is kind of a coded a message yeah, yeah. talking about some of the like manipulators and hangers on he probably encountered who said like oh we can further your career mm -hmm. but we're just like when the dude was came up with house of balloons i think he was living in his car like he's yeah. a real rags to riches story here yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Lily Rose Depp has gone on record saying like a lot of the narrative um, she also added to it, like from, mm. from her uh, experiences, her mm. lived experiences. So yeah, I feel like, yeah, there's definitely some like honesty, I think in the, in the show, maybe like, and it, that really like, I feel like comes through in a lot of the scenes, you know, when they're just like having real talk discussions around the table yeah. um, and stuff like that. Like it's a very naturalized kind of, a lot of the dialogue is very naturalized, mm. I think. Right um oh dude except for that one scene where they're all like you you have to do everything you say that someone asks you to do you have to say yes to everything it oh, was yes, like the most yes. like high school party-esque scene of yeah like passing around and joined at a party would you, would you kiss so-and-so <laughs> oh i don't know yeah that scene felt more like it should have been in euphoria but i i do think also it's important to note in the first episode a lot of shows would start like this is Jocelyn, we're with her, we're seeing her perspective, whereas it was more about all the people trying to exert control and mm -hmm. arguing about what she can and can't do mm -hmm. and what they hope to gain from her and how they can profit. So it's like we're introduced to Jocelyn through the lens of this cast of characters who are all trying to fight over her. Yeah, it's kind of like succession in that sense where you really don't know what the characters' motives are amongst each other and there's yeah. no one storyline being followed. Yeah. Except I would argue succession makes more narrative sense by the end. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so I was trying to figure this out yesterday. Explain to me what Jocelyn's endgame is here. And explain to me what Tedros's endgame is. Because by the end of the show, I'm like, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I have a, I told you, I have a very generous <laughs> justification behind what I think Jocelyn was trying to do okay. in light of the twist that takes place in the end. But I want to hear from, I want to hear you guys yeah. first. Mm. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yes, first. Um, yeah, welcome to the Thunderdome. What, what, what are they doing? Okay, I, I know what Tedros is doing the whole time. Like, the man's a collector. He just wants to accumulate talent. That's So, yeah, so you're saying his motivation is to like accumulate all these talented people and control them. Yeah, I don't think him in of itself, he has any talent beyond his taste-making ability to uh, acknowledge and then 
bring in and coach <laughs> least evil a and r person yeah. <laughs> like the first half of the f- entire show he is well groomed i'll say in yeah. a few different ways with the rat tail being the exception um so, <laughs> craziest like, wig yeah. ever <laughs> so his grooming really is his talent and yes. i think he's tapped into that to help bring other talents together and i think that's actually a kind of a noble cause right but i think he maybe leans into it a little too much as in that like that's how he finds it's his sole driver for finding meaning which right. is a bit dicey it's like if your sole driver for finding meaning is just making sandwiches mm. like you will be the best sandwich artist but you will you'll live a very lonely life i mean eventually you have to shut her down that subway and yeah. go home so what's going to happen to yeah. you there it's like all the scenes in the bear where carmy is just like staring at the walls in his apartment afterwards <laughs> for sure so like i think the dude could use a little less work and home overlap yeah and then he would have been a fine protagonist okay so i think that's sorry i just wanted to add that's a great observation (laughs) that he's like this dj Khaled figure where he like (laughs) he knows he can make a great song you know what i mean but he can bring a lot of great people together you know what i mean on his own dj Khaled is nothing without his collaborators without his features that's why he says we the best not i'm the Mm -hmm. best yeah he knows there's no i in team but there is an i in Khaled. so eric what do you (laughs) khalid khalid yeah (laughs) that's a different artist (laughs) i wanted to make sure you heard the i I know how to pronounce it. So, Eric, what do you think motivates Tedros? Is it money? Is it sex? Is it control? Music? Probably all the above. But what I think is interesting is how at the beginning, or like maybe towards the middle of the show, he was also a pimp. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) Kind of just like faded away. It's like he had this like weird. Like, like went to jail for like racketeering mm-hmm. and domestic violence. Yeah. And I think those scenes are filmed in the back of Delilah, which is awesome. <laughs> oh, um, really? I think so. And okay. um, it looks like it. And um, yeah, he just like has a bunch of like models around him at all times. And yes. it, it looked like he was recruiting Jocelyn to be in his like uh, his sex har- trade. His harem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. In the, in the so haram. <laughs> this whole show is very haram. Um, <laughs> Okay, so I think it's very unclear because at first you think like, oh, it's about the sex and the control. But then he genuinely seems to want to make Jocelyn successful commercially. But then you look at his other talent on the roster and it's like, oh, all these people are amazing musicians, but he seemingly hasn't monetized their talents in any way. Mm -hmm. So then you start to think, oh, maybe he needed Jocelyn to access the tastemakers in the industry. Mm. But then he's also personal friends with Mike Dean. So it's like, Wait, yeah. do you or do you not have the industry connections? Why do you have these amazing artists that will presumably be successful, like, at the end of the show? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, so he hasn't done... So he's made their music better, but he hasn't commercialized their talent. They're just hanging out in his, like, cocaine nightclub. It's very muddled. And I think also, like, the first song that Jocelyn creates under his supervision is not good. The version of world-class center with all the mm. porny moans I'm, and like I'm a freak yeah and like the different beat <laughs> i do think the original is kind of a banger i, I fuck with it, it got I in my head because it, it sounds yeah, so yeah. generic at first but then you're like there's something here yes. but it's like i think that's very muddled as well where it's like so are we or are we not supposed to believe he does develop people's talent because by the end of the show it seems like everyone does legitimately believe that mm-hmm. but the first song with jocelyn seems like such a misstep 
but it, I do like when he covers her face with the thing and then knifes the mouth hole for her. That yeah, was cool. Yeah, yeah, no, he's but, like uh, he's like the kinky Rick Rubin. Yeah, the way I think he approaches <laughs> his talent. I was going to single instrument, but yeah. he, he can gather a cast of yeah, musicians. Exactly. I was going to say Rick you're Rattail. you're reading Rick Rubin's book, right? Has mm-hmm. he talked about like doing oh, any yeah. weird sex games with the Beastie Boys <laughs> or like the Red Hot Chili Peppers? A few footnotes about it. I haven't caught though. Could it be? Let's let's be so generous. Could it be that he is purposefully this enigma of a of a character where we're not supposed to ever know his motivations? Mm. It's it's not for us to know, mm. right? He he is a, a purposeful just puzzle box right. that we're never supposed to get inside. Well, George, with our recent experience last week of um, doing escaping twin flames and kind of looking a bit into cult, wouldn't you say that most like cult leaders have like an identifiable thing? Where it's like, even yes. if their message to their followers is fraudulent and they might not believe it, they are gaining something tangible, yes. whether it's sex or money or whatever. Yes. I'm just like, I am I still don't get what really motivated Tedros and especially what motivated him to return to Jocelyn's side at the end when his life is completely destroyed. Right. Why would he do that? Are we meant to believe? I think it's love, dude. So I think this is, because isn't this labeled on, I don't know, isn't one of the taglines that this is like the sleaziest love story or something? Right. Hollywood sleaziest love story mm, right. or some shit, right? So are we, meant, supposed to be love. are we meant to believe in a twisted way they do actually come to love each other? Yes, by I think so. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is it his grow? Does he grow then? In the end, right? Does he change his ways? Because he because he surrenders control. I think his initial motiv- motivator was control. Um, but I would versus... argue he doesn't voluntarily surrender control. He is made to lose everything by Jocelyn and her entourage. But the fact that he has to deal with that and mm. accept that mm. is a show of growth. And I think the reason that his artists did not grow to the extent that they should have, clearly, yeah. is because he wanted to keep them under his control. Mm-hmm. And if they did grow they would have gotten away from him, right? right. So mm-hmm. to me, the motivator is control. He's a flawed man who craves control. And it took Jocelyn, the strong, powerful woman, to basically, you know, beat that out of him, to to exercise that out of him, those demons, dude. Also, I was going to say, isn't the second last episode of the show called something like Stars Belong to the World? Which is an yes. echo of a weekend song from, I think, Kissland, where it's like Belong to the World, mm. where he's talking mm-hmm. about, maybe himself or a woman who doesn't have any committed relationship. I was like with everyone. So the idea that like to be a star, you have to give yourself over Uh to the world. You can't Mm -hmm. be possessed by any single person. Which is like, once again, why I think this is this entire narrative is just a replication of the weekend's life because it felt (laughs) like the same narrative arc as the song Starboy. Right. That was the show. Right. It was Starboy. So yeah, I mean, okay. So I think the weekend, let's talk a bit more about the weekend because I feel like a lot of, the commentary I've seen on like the weekend subreddit and the idol subreddit, people were having a difficult time separating the weekend as a person and a musician that they knew from Ted Rose, the character because of the house stadium, Mike right. Dean, or every year, <laughs> the clothes probably uh, hanging out, doing drugs, drinking tequila. But I was thinking, okay, what were people expecting? The weekend has always been horny. I saw this man in 2013 <laughs> performing at the Orpheum. The or- yeah, the Orpheum, where he had like you too, dude. I went to where the, he had, the show. I yeah. was there too. Man. Where he had Holy damn. Shit, <laughs> he had porno playing on the screen behind yes. him. I believe Kiss it was Land, right? London Keys and Asa Akira, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it was Asa Akira. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I was hoping I somebody would fact check that. <laughs> you did Shazam, <laughs> like yeah. We didn't have AI back then, so I have to Shazam it. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, this man. <laughs> You're the guy, the first person in the porno comments that's like, name, 
What's, yeah. what's her name? <laughs> nice. Just drop another one. Yeah. <laughs> you need that's why you need a Shazam for like porn stars' names. I feel like yeah, one hundred percent. Wait, yeah. don't don't give that away. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. our proprietary, <laughs> yeah, yeah, our proprietary that, plan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Shazam. <laughs> oh wow, that's good. Wow, wow. I'm sorry to cut you off. Shazam, Shazam, dude. Jizz in the AM is. I mean, I know AM doesn't have anything to do with the time of the day, but... <laughs> All right. But well. still, the connotation. <laughs> I let him simmer. For <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get that out of his system. All right, all right. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Okay. And scene. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, what the fuck were people expecting from the weekend? This is kind of like along the lines of what I was anticipating, especially when I saw like Sam Levinson is involved with this. It's like, we're going to go to some crazy places. But yeah, a lot of people had issues with the nature of the sex scenes, the way relationships were depicted. Um, a lot of negative commentary about people being like, oh, The weekend isn't sexy enough to play this character, which seems like weird criticism because cult leaders, people don't pick a cult to follow based on like, I found the hottest possible <laughs> cult leader. Like that's really not mm-hmm. the criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more realistic that he's got some like yes. uh, some bad sides. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think having the weekend be the main character was a, dis- a distracting choice. Yeah, perhaps. Like, yeah, I think like just picturing the like everyone kind of like knows who he is. He's like yeah. one of the biggest stars right now. And yes, and just like I don't know, having him play a character that's not really him. It's just like it is a distraction. So mm-hmm. having someone else do that role, I think, would kill some of that criticism mm-hmm. i will say though that i think being distracted is like a like a core objective of the show for their audience they want their audience to be distracted the whole time to I have a prior like baggage they bring in they're, with bring, the cast. they're bringing that in with them and mm-hmm. then the whole time you're like oh look at that that's true everyone those. in the show oh, is oh. yeah <laughs> famous for something else mm-hmm. yeah like mike dean sophie mudd mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> everyone's like known in some other way Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Most yeah. people, at least, it is a very star-studded uh, cast. Mm-hmm. I read an interview where uh, Abel—I'm calling him Abel because that's what he wants—friend of the pod, uh, apparently, based on this interview, he mm. wants to he wants to destroy the weekend and just become Abel. Mm-hmm. I've heard that before too. So yeah, he's—I yeah. think he's trying to rebrand himself, and I think he's just—he's <laughs> like, I must get hornier. <laughs> the weekend <laughs> didn't allow me to fully express my horniness. <laughs> I weekend didn't know how to look. look. Yeah. <laughs> Every single song I did as a weekend was not sexy enough. Yeah. Dude, so I kind of think that's what's going on here with uh with T- Tedros, what's that guy's name? Tedros Tedros. Ted, Ted Rose. The man so nice they named yeah. him twice. That's kind of what's going on with both I think his narrative and Lily Rose Depp's narrative, which yeah. is that there's a like I think the weekend wants a Tedros to come into his life and like oh. help. extract the weekend from abel and split it like Hmm. he needs a hero to do that for himself he can't do it himself so i think this the show is trying to like tell us that's what he needs as a star this is a cry for help it's a cry for help it's a coded message okay well on that topic so we were talking about like so what's we talked about the weekend's motivations what's lily rose depp's motivations because (laughs) Because the twist at the end is that he was never in control of her she was cognizant the entire time of what was happening if i can she was tricking him she was leading him on and controlling him in some way right if i can butt in though i think it's even more confusing than that because 
her being led to his nightclub yes. by uh, Deanne, Diane, um, yes, was unbeknownst to her. But once she figured out that this guy helps make fire music, she started manipulating mm-hmm. him. And if we're to believe her, he has apparently been obsessed with her ever since he went to prison for being a pimp and beating women. So it gets even more confusing. <laughs> but it's even more confusing than that because the hairbrush lie that she tells yes. comes before the reveal that he uh, sought her out to come to his club. Right. So it makes zero sense. So, but so the, the creators of the show will lead us to believe that she was, at first she was drawn in um, unawares then she was made aware of his motivations and she took control of him yes shortly after um and then led him to led him on to believe that she was controlled by him for the remainder of the show until the very end where the reveal what happened where that she was actually the reveal which doesn't make any sense no because sense. he would have extensively looked at this hairbrush as he was beating her with it in a sex scene in yeah. episode 3 yeah so again, why would she even say this is literally the hairbrush that my mom allegedly beat me with? She could just say this is similar to the one. <laughs> yes. Like, why so does it need to be the hairbrush? hairbrush? Uh, yeah. And also the guy, Troy <laughs> Sivan or whatever. Yeah. Because um, he. Uh, what's his character's name? Xander. Xander, I believe. Xander. And he says that he witnessed her, his her mom beating her, didn't or he? Or he that says, he was aware of it. He says he at least NDA. part of it. Oh yeah. But then Rob, her boyfriend. <laughs> says oh i never knew about any of this stuff with your mom so it's like we're seeing conflicting accounts from mm-hmm. characters about how the mom behaved we also have the comment from heim oh i was fucked up when my mom died but she was nice to me i'm like your mom so it's yeah. like what even happened with the mom in the yeah. first place like how could her brother be ha- have said that he's seen it but then she lied about it doesn't add I, up oh was that her brother or I thought I, that was supposed to be I her thought brother. That, oh, really? I thought he portrayed her brother like on a kid show. I don't think yes. they're actually related. Oh, this is yes. a whole new subplot yes. to unravel. What is but like they've known each other since childhood, yes. I believe. Okay, they came up together. But sorry, if I can give you my theory. So my <laughs> yeah, theory yeah. about, my very generous theory uh, <laughs> about her character is that she she knew that she was in a, uh, in a rut as an artist, right. an artistic rut. And she recognized that Tedros, although he's a sleazebag, con artist, cult leader, um, she recognized that he gets results. Right. And she used him because she didn't know how to unlock that artistic power in herself. Right. And he clearly did mm-hmm. because he has this army of like, I don't know, ragtag kids <laughs> off the street that he's like, yeah, um, and made into like amazing singers. So she, so she wanted that for herself and that's how she used him right mm. although she was aware the entire so i think that's what we're supposed to so you're saying believe. that her love language is acts of service <laughs> <laughs> it's line and manipulation <laughs> um yeah right what, what, yeah, what do you guys I mean, think i don't know do you like think i'm that sounds following that sounds what you're saying but it's just so muddled yeah like <laughs> i think it needs to be made more clear to us as viewers and I think on the second time around, that really stood out to me where I'm like, I don't know if I can actually explain what each character was hoping to get out of the other or even why they ended up together. Yeah. yeah. Because she was so keen to get rid of him at the start of the last episode. And then by the end, it's like she's inviting him back in and being like, you're mine forever now. Well, he, because he accused her ex of rape, which yeah. she didn't expect. And yeah. so that's when she got 
pissed mm-hmm. at him. But I think she truly loved him, and that's why she <laughs> took him back, right? But if she um, loved him, why would she have Rob over and fuck him when Tedros is still there? I think she wanted to make him jealous. I, know, I think that was a jealousy move as well. I, I don't think she really cared about Rob. I think she used him too. Uh, yeah. Huh. You got to think, like, if you can empathize with Jocelyn for a moment, at that level of fame, you probably can just do whatever you need to do to elicit the response you're looking for right so yeah those, those people are just pawns to her right hmm. i mean i'm i'm trying to put myself in the mindset of many yeah. toxic individuals i've met over the years yeah no that kind of makes sense <laughs> if you can empathize with a pop star you'll see yeah this is probably a fault <laughs> if i can empathize with people who have no public fame who have done similar things uh yes but i do feel like there is a part of jocelyn that craves a family there's right. the whole song about family. There's this need to like feel like she has a sense of belonging to something. Yeah. So mm. that quick pivot to Rob could have been a an attempt to like reestablish a sense of belonging with someone during her difficult times. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't really know how women think. <laughs> I, don't worry. I don't think anybody was coming to this pod being like, I need to know how women think. These are the guys who are going to crack it for me. <laughs> during the idol episode. Yeah, during the idol we episode. Have, we, we might have a better idea if we saw Amy's version. Yeah. Yes. I think mm. that's why we need to merge Amy's version with mm. this version. Yes. An A-B test of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> but what is um, what is Mitch Modes' motivation? That's what I want to right. say. What, what I, I actually completely forgot that he was in the show until Ty reminded me on the drive here. I was like, oh yeah, that guy, like, his first cameo is his, like, head tat. The life is war. Life is war. <laughs> which is his real life tattoo. Oh, it's real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, it fucking um, rocks. He's kind of just, like... Is he kind of like a enforcer he, in the show? Like yeah, I don't really know, but he's just muscle, I think. Just right? muscle, yeah. but he doesn't really do much. He's he kind of like a threatening right. guy, but he speaks very little. Yeah, he's kind of just like the cool, like hot Balenciaga model. Like, mm-hmm. that just yeah. Up. yeah, dude, he's even playing himself. His name is Mitch in the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> once again, further blurring the lines between is this uh, just a biopic of the weekend versus is this a, a fiction. <laughs> Yeah, it's also very funny that Mike Dean is like, yeah, I'll just play Mike Dean. Mm. I'm like good friends with this serial abuser who (laughs) lives in the nightclub. (laughs) Sure, this is my guy. If there's one thing that I really took away from the show is that the Mike Dean scene um, (laughs) is proof that producers should remain anonymous. Like, we don't, don't, we're in this era now where like producers are taking the limelight from the actual artists Mm. and we don't need any of that. Mm. Be the behind the scenes guy. You know what I mean? Stick to the Make amazing music like you've been doing and stop Mm. smoking weed on camera. Like, we don't really care. Right. It's like all the producers now want like their own personal brand. Mm-hmm. on top of the music they did exactly oh, totally. mike dean always posts on instagram like oh 10 billion streams this this year it's like no well, you're like across stuff. yeah across all sorts of different yeah uh, you, you have credits on everything but your yeah. solo stuff is not hitting <laughs> i need to see my sandwich artist either i think i wish they were just behind like an opaque <laughs> screen yeah we could have fogged that glass i know <laughs> yeah. what vegetables yeah. are there yeah. I, know glass. Glass. I just want to see hands yeah, just just, just, just disembodied hands yeah <laughs> gloved up hands <laughs> But I, I do feel like the minute Mike Dean got out of like the Mercedes in episode two and uh, he just like takes a huge rip of the giant bong. And needle, has a blunt as and well. Blunt, you're just like, oh, another character that's not going to have any development. Uh, toss it to break for a second here and then we'll come back. We are back. All right, boys. So I have a note in my phone here that says, <laughs> beating your shit crazy style, comma, <laughs> Valentino brand. So... <laughs> 
George, I think we talked about this on pod. I don't know if I've talked about this with you guys. Um, the meme where it's like <laughs> different steps of evolution from like a fish going out of the ocean ending in a person walking upright. Every stage of evolution has a thought bubble that says, I must evolve. And then the human thought bubble says, I'm going to beat my shit crazy style. <laughs> and in one of my group chats with a couple of buddies, we're like, what is crazy style even mean? What does that entail? It's Tedros Tedros loudly jerking off in the Valentino change room. Damn. That is, yeah, a wild scene. Boys, you boys have never jerked off in a change room? <laughs> Only in an H&M change room. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't want to step it up. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that scene, when I was watching that... H&M does stand for handies and... Hand, <laughs> hand masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> hand and masturbation. What? I thought you the handy as, like, handicap stall. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got the double bedroom for the, for the jerk-off <laughs> Yeah, maybe they went in, like, the extra big change room. <laughs> That's funny. Um, you got guardrails to hold yourself up. Dude, you can't go crazy style in a civilian, in a normal change room, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in an able-bodied change room. Absolutely. Yeah, like, that was so loud and so obvious and like after they were already having loud sex and then jocelyn's like you can't come to me and just leaves yeah um yeah she also provokes him before that by saying like oh you want to dress me up what are you gay <laughs> and uh he didn't have a response he just kind of like looked uh, well i think he says he freezes for a moment and he's like i'm not gay and she's like you sounded gay the way you did that which is a very like 12 year old boy style of bullying yes <laughs> it's pretty funny yes, yes. That's the first time she kind of asserts power over him, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I could feel him crumpling there. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. fact that he folded so quickly makes me question whether he did have maybe, like, an underlying sexual preference that he wasn't willing to reveal. Well, okay. One question I want to ask as well. Are we meant to think that at some point Tedros, Tedros Tedros, let's call him by his full name, fucks everybody in his music collective or cult? Like, does he fuck Isaac? Because mm -hmm. I don't think there's really anything that leads you to believe this, but then it's like, I don't know. I kind of think he has it's sex kind of, with everyone. It's there. kind of just assumed that they're like kind of like this like sexually polyamorous yeah. cult. You're <laughs> all walking, walking around in their underwear, mm -hmm. half naked all the time. There's a lot of like shock collars and <laughs> cocaine and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's true. There's no straight men in the group. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. Except for my dean, maybe. Unknown. <laughs> like, uh, presenting. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> no character arc for that guy. You like smokes bongs. Mike Dean is a bisexual. <laughs> yeah. yeah, his lips are too busy on the bong. Yeah, yeah. Um, the young son, it's like we out here smoking penises. Yeah, we out here smoking penises. No homo. Craziest tweet. So, do you think Valentino knew about this? Do you think they signed off? What do you think the brand thought of their store being represented in such a way? Because ultimately the clothes are shown to be desirable, right? And like Jocelyn does look really good in a lot of the outfits. Dude, they totally signed off from this. I feel like Valentino is watching, walking a thin line between like a wash designer brand and right. a super trendy one. I think mm. they saw an opportunity here to like lean into being edgy. In the same way this show is trying to lean into being edgy to be relevant. Mm -hmm. yeah. Valentino and um, this show <laughs> have a similar objective. Yeah. Right, they're one Lil Uzi Vert song away from being relevant again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Similar to like Burberry, like they were kind of like washed, like old folks home vibes, mm -hmm. and then now they're back. They're back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. This is maybe their attempt to start that process. Like, do you think other luxury brands watched this and were like, 
fuck, they should have done that in our <laughs> store. Fuck, I wish he hand jo- he, he fucking jerked himself <laughs> off in our store. <laughs> Beat off in Balenciaga. Yeah. <laughs> Get your, yeah. Wait, what brand Ball. is it that has like the cum sneakers? Is that Balenciaga? Cum sneakers? Or it's like Pink Spires Margiela. Oh, yes, of course. But Silly me. So Rick Owens has the dickless pants. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I follow that one guy <laughs> archive threads on Instagram and he posts all the like Rick Owens like fetish inspired gear where it's like the Absolutely. gimp hoodie that you zip up and stuff. Oh, oh yeah. How, how much time you got? This is a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fetish wear. Tell us everything about archive Rick Owens fetish gear. Exactly. Yeah, so this is that was a very surprising scene to watch, but it felt like it fit the world of the show, you know? Yeah, it did. It was funny too. Yeah. It was a funny scene. Um, it's supposed to be ridiculous. It's, then, it's supposed to be over the top. And he wipes himself on the Valentino yeah. that's hanging up in the room. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you, do you guys think Tedros has drip the way he dresses? Do you think the fits are good? It's tough to say because on one hand, calm. On the other <laughs> hand, he dresses better than me. So it's hard for me to gauge whether or not he dresses good objectively. Right. Well, you do have a mustache now, so the next thing you need is the rat tail. You gotta start working on that. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I think I will. Or just start wearing a crazy wig. Damn, I wonder how many, like, impressionable young men he's gonna convince to get a rat tail. In the same way that 10 years ago, many young teenage boys had one. Kind of reminiscent of a Jedi. Mm. Who do you think would have more converts? The Weeknd or Hayden Christensen? (laughs) Damn. The rat tail cult. Well, when you turn 13, you got to pick one of the four personality starter packs for boys. Yeah. Star Wars is one of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the idol is for people who never watch Star Wars. <laughs> it's probably safe bet. I, I do kind of like the look of the track jacket with no shirt. Yes. Big mm-hmm. chain and then like slacks. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sick. Yeah. 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 A little bit overweight. Like, what was his physique like in this? He also got trashed online for people saying he, like, yeah, just wasn't hot enough and had a bad body. And so, the double standard on I feel like also the way. So, he had one or two shirtless scenes, and I don't think he was shirtless during any of the actual sex scenes. I do feel as if they were filmed in a slightly forgiving way with the angles and the Mm -hmm. lighting and stuff. And his character also has um, a large amount of tattoos, which the weekend does not have in real life. No. so perhaps oh. that as well was strategically done to maybe hide his body a bit um i mean hot uh music genius yeah him like you, you gotta pick two yeah <laughs> you know what i mean right 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 ladies stop having such high standards yeah, yeah, yeah. can only be two <laughs> what's your value you know? <laughs> I, I know this is tangential but i kind of thought it was weird that the weekend didn't sing a single note as a or as <laughs> it, as a character. He didnn't sing anything. Right. So yes. it was. I, like the rest, I appreciated the restraint. It mm-hmm. was odd that in the show diegetically he didn't sing, but then many of his original songs were in the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wait, are we? I almost was thinking yesterday. Wait, is this like Tedros almost doing a meta commentary on what tra- what's transpiring? It was mm-hmm. a bit odd to like separate. I, it was the very two. difficult to yeah separate those two layers. Mm-hmm. But also, Weekend famously has a very nerdy talking voice compared to a singing voice. Mm. It's like almost like two different people. <laughs> like people, when people hear him talk, you're like, oh, what the fuck? I never heard him talk. He's way less sexy now. Yeah, right. So it's almost like there's a parallel now with his music in the show. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe that was, you're right. Maybe that was done in an effort to separate from like the Weekend as an artist. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not me. I'm Tedros Tedros. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Wait, what was his actual name before Tedros Tedros? Mauricio Jackson. Yeah, it was like Mauricio yeah. something Jackson. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like arguably equally crazy. Yeah. He's had two porn star names. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mauricio. Um. So I was thinking about this as well. What do you guys think about? So the sex scenes in the show were widely criticized. Perhaps most famously with the still of the weekend where he's almost doing like the Hannibal Lecter like rat teeth face with the caption fucking stretch that tiny little pussy. A lot of people did not enjoy this. I saw a tweet where somebody was like, I hope he knows he's going to hell for this. And then the screen cap. So a lot of people felt that the sex was very cringe. It was too outlandish. Do you think in a show all the sex scenes have to be sexy? Because I don't, and I I feel as if a lot of people got so hung up on thinking, like, this doesn't appeal to me, like, it's bad. Right, right, right. And it's like, well, no, I feel like it still communicates something about the characters and, like, the world that's being built. Right, you're you're thinking, well, I've seen a lot of amateur work. (laughs) Right. This is clearly better than that. I'm thinking, like, who amongst us hasn't said stuff like that in the heat of the moment? Uh, That's not even that crazy. Just imagine if you caught me on a wild day. I think a good... uh... (laughs) I think a good litmus test is can I watch this with my girl? Mm. And if you're watching with your girl, like depending on the girl, <laughs> if, you, if you guys watch this with a girl, did you like nav? How did you navigate that situation? Because I watched everything with my girl. Okay, and mm. I watched I found... the solo dolo both times. Same solo laptop. I went laptop for that. I didn't even plug it into HDMI, dude. <laughs> I was so nervous about what was going to show, show up on the screen, dude. <laughs> I did not want Damn. to expose her. Completely True. solo affair for me, too. There was yeah. no way I was opening that can of worms. Damn, so I was the only one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you tell us. How was it? I mean, to how, be fair, how did that line go? To be fair, I had to kind of navigate it a little differently. Oh. I had to... You uh, moved different. I had I moved different places. <laughs> but when um, the scenes were happening, yeah. I, I would kind of like just mutter under my breath, like... <laughs> just... <laughs> it's like, yeah, when you have to like shake your head so yeah. you know everyone disapproves. I would never do yeah you caveat too like i don't even want to watch this it's just it's for how original yeah <laughs> hey this is just homework this i swear homework. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah who would ever do that fucking pack <laughs> fast foot forward through this if you can find the remote <laughs> you're sitting on the remote the whole time yeah, yeah it's <laughs> you go full weekend on her <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh you know she's just a freak yeah. Ultimately, just a freak. Wait, did he actually say that in the show? I never actually heard that line. No, in the show. it's the. I don't think it's ever said. Yeah. It's just in the lyrics of the song. Oh, but there's lyrics. the whole dialogue. So when they're doing their first like studio session slash sex session in the at the end of the first episode, where he's saying like the way you're singing the song right now, like I'm not convinced you know how to fuck. Like you have to show me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A very classic <laughs> nagging technique, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, which yeah. is you know a classic like psychology. Yeah, I want you to show. Me. <laughs> wow. like, uh, yeah, that was a part where it's like, oh, I can fully imagine the weekend as a guy just saying this, mm-hmm. but I do think Tedros is somewhat different than him. Um, I don't even know if Tedros has ever even done it. Like, <laughs> I don't think there was an explicit scene where he like inserted himself in the whole show right so i'm mm. we have no evidence that the man has ever engaged in <laughs> he could be a virgin yeah he could Quite be a... i think no. in the yeah. second episode during i would say which was the most widely panned kind of mm. sex scene where he's 
doing all the dirty talk to her and she's like masturbating on the bed and stuff. And then Susanna's son is watching from like a doorway. Mm. I think the camera pans over. I think it's implied he's like fucking your face once the but, camera leaves, but it's a little unclear. It's hard to say. And I guess there was the Valentino. <laughs> we can litigate that all day. But yes, they do the actually fuck in the Valentino change room. But like, yeah. It, they pulled out, so does that right. really count? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't count if you pull out. He's actually soaking. Dude, yeah. if you order a foot-long sandwich and you don't get any mayo, is that really a real right. subway experience? Right, That's true. Right. I would argue you didn't get the full foot long. Right, you forgot right. the bread, basically. Forgot the most important part, which yeah. is the sauce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if they were soaking and then Moises Sumney is jumping on the bed? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. But yeah. We're all still going to heaven, baby. <laughs> I, I do wonder, like, would the show have been perceived much differently if basically all the dialogue and plots had been the same, but just the sex scenes were much more vanilla and kind of like missionary with the lights off type, like stuff you're used to seeing on TV? Maybe. I think it would have been a worse show, but I wonder if people would have been less quick to kind of mm-hmm. judge it. No, it definitely would have been a worse show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for two reasons. One is because sex sells. But the yeah. other thing is it helped kind of mask the obvious like character motive and plot faults. Because mm. it's just like just like that opening line around people don't care about meaning, they just care about right. Um it allows you to like it kind of vindicates the show in a way. It gives you a reason to keep watching. I think it did like the BDSM sort of component of it, right? Like, would you call that like BDSM yeah. type stuff, right? So, like, I feel like um, that also added the dimension, sort of a depth to the characters, right? Where it's like because because the show is focused on control. So, I yes. think I think if the sex was different, if they moved different, um, <laughs> and if they moved more vanilla. Um, I just don't think I, it, it had a nice sort of cohesion with the fact that they were also into this BDSM control play type stuff, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think it, it actually made sense for the theme of this show. So I don't understand how they could have. I think it made this a much better show. Yeah, no. and, and it wasn't that shocking. Like I don't understand why. Like you said, people thought it was cringe. Like, like yeah. well, I don't know. It seemed pretty normal to me. I don't what know. The, like yeah. it was normal BDSM <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Like I didn't think the only shocking scene for me was like when he actually like beats her with the hairbrush. Right. That t- that was the only scene where I was like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. Well, I was shocked that he was so gullible and thought it was the actual hairbrush. Know, <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Who holds onto a hairbrush that long? Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, if you're getting beat with the same hairbrush for like twenty years, wouldn't when you go through multiple hairbrushes, mm-hmm. right. anyway, yeah, handle's yeah. gonna snap. It yeah, no, there. it's really um, yeah. That was a bit of a surprising scene, but again, it made sense because I feel like the theme of that episode, kind of the third episode, was like, how much do you need to suffer yes. to create art? How Trial much of an ordeal should you go through? Yeah. And if you have been through traumatic events in your life, should you include that in your yeah. art? And obviously, the Tedros was pushing her to kind of get more in touch with that. Mm-hmm. Tedros just goes. Yeah. Ted goes. <laughs> Ted goes, Ted goes. He truly just goes. Yeah. But yeah, it um <laughs> Yeah, I, I just feel like in five to ten years, people are gonna be like, Oh, remember that show? Actually that was kind of good. And people mm-hmm. are gonna like rediscover it again. But I think yeah, in the current moment its reputation was very sullied. Mm-hmm. Um I think so much of the stink unfairly came from the initial Rolling Stone review yeah. and that just sort of soured the whole mm-hmm. the whole thing I it's feel really like. easy to make fun of yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's easy to pick at 
But it is like yeah. campy. It's over the top. And like in the first episode, we do have an explicit reference to uh, Basic Instinct, which is on the television, uh, directed by Paul Verhoeven, one of my favorite directors. And The Weeknd has said in an interview, like that was one of his inspirations with this. Yes. And yeah, some of Verhoeven's work is highly sexual, kind of campy, over the top. And like his movie, Showgirls, people fucking hated it when it came out. But now it's like a classic mm-hmm. and it's been revived mm-hmm. and kind of reappreciated. Which I do think, I think people could come around to the idol in time. <laughs> One big challenge, though, is that those films are filmed in a different, like, social climate. Than yes. This one. And, like, <laughs> when you look at these underlying themes around control, mm-hmm. sex, and the music industry, and then you think about how HBO is owned by Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. who had a certain Mr. Harvey Weinstein at the front of, there's an obvious, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say conflict of interest, but there's a parallel happening here with the show itself like making these scenes knowing that these scenes are like an exploitation that they did as a production Mm, company mm -hmm. and then almost like not even embracing it in a satirical way in that sense or like finding a story to tell within that they're just kind of Mm. showing it at face value so i don't know if it actually will age well in a campy Mm. way because i feel like it's kind of tone deaf in that sense no you're right because i think mm. we talked about the satire of it all Mm -hmm. and it the first episode does begin as all satirical Mm -hmm. where the execs i think you guys mentioned like i don't know like you you kind of hate you're supposed to hate the execs right Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be yeah they're all ridiculous people (laughs) that are manipulating her that are uh you know just using her for their own gain mm-hmm. um selfishly but i told patrick i texted patrick by the end i think uh haim and destiny are the two most likable characters in the show <laughs> because <laughs> they're they are actually trying to help her mm-hmm. as a person mm-hmm. <laughs> escape from this dude um and it seems like they actually do care about her so i mm-hmm. think it even fucks that whole thing up if it was trying to make that commentary i don't think it manages to do that at all because i think they the execs actually look pretty good by the end of the show i would argue not nikki obviously um mm-hmm. uh, or the other or uh what's his name eli roth but uh, he is oh somebody finkelstein, finkelstein, I think andrew andrew finkelstein. yeah andrew yeah finkelstein. he didn't he didn't come across great as really he didn't come across as <laughs> super warm and caring when he says quote i'm shitting more blood than a kid on epstein's island yeah, he's like, what is this I, hunter biden's house yeah <laughs> he had some like dope lines so good, yeah. <laughs> but the other two are like they're like the, my favorite characters in the show probably they're like the best <laughs> is, there, is destiny the, the black one? yes yeah okay. who is yeah who does seem like genuinely concerned about what's going on with chloe and genuinely yeah. concerned about jocelyn as well yeah, yeah, yeah. and like she's a... also a really great singer suddenly in like the third or fourth episode yeah she oh, like yeah. When she she yeah it's like wait can everybody on the show sing yeah <laughs> is Haim about to start singing is hank azaria about to start singing wow. um so ty i found this article that was on thought catalog the idol has become a hodgepodge of hot button topics with no justification it subsists on shock value alone the idol gets more problematic with each episode. The show has become a mix of trauma porn and cultism, and it arguably has no commendable reason to exist. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right, no, let's dude. tone it down. Shows do not have to have a commendable, morally instructive reason to exist. Basically, no shows exist for a commendable reason. Yeah, It's all Gee. meant to be profitable entertainment also what do you mean it's just about cultism like what other fucking shows about cults do you have that's a very interesting topic for a show right. and also <laughs> there have been like a million true crime things about cults yeah. and all sorts of it's fast crimes and murders yeah. Dude, great... that title just reads like a bad breakup text <laughs> yeah that's all that is to me is yeah. you're just hurt 
Who Th- hurt you? This person was rejected <laughs> from an extras casting call mm-hmm. on the idol. <laughs> yeah, they were in Amy's version of uh, yeah. the yeah. cut director. Yeah. Oh, shit. They were in the apparent flashback stuff that would have been in mm-hmm. Amy Simons' version. <laughs> Do you guys think a lot of, like, you know how episode two was just such a slog? And they were, like, when they were just refilming her video, oh, music video. And she was like, Do it again, do it again. Do you think that was like a meta commentary on them having to like reshoot all this mm. when uh, when a new director came on board? <laughs> Until they're literally bleeding. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, maybe. Wow. Or I w- I was thinking maybe it was just like the weekend's own experiences being like music videos are yeah. so painful. That's but yes, it likely. could also be the show commenting on like yeah. the the stress of redoing something over and over. Like how many times has the dude released trilogy? I feel like it's like four yeah. times now. Well, we've recorded this podcast four times, this but is this is the one that's going out. Wait, Trilogy's <laughs> been released four times? That's like 12 then. He's out. Like 12. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it multiplies. Yo. What's the word for 12 of something? A dozen? A dozenology. <laughs> we call it a foot long of G over at our end. <laughs> I was literally thought you were going to say Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I hadn't been Subway in so long before last night. I accidentally said, can I have a 12 inch sub? And she's like, a foot long? Dude, like, that's like yeah. when I, like purposely at Starbucks say I want a medium. Yeah. Like I refuse to use their fucking terminology. Yeah. Yeah, dude, me too. Me too. I go full dad when I go yeah, into yeah, Starbucks. Yeah. I feel like no, I don't know, at least my like Bob dad just will, right. will never say mm-hmm. will never use Starbucks terminology. I'll never say grande. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. uh what's the Judd Apatow movie where Paul Rudd has like a meltdown in a Starbucks about like none of the words mean what they're supposed to? I think it might be knocked up where his <laughs> oh, character. Oh yeah, I think oh, it's yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. He's like, that. so now you're stupid in four languages. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. My mom was texting me a while back and I'm like, wait, how do I order at Starbucks again? And I sent her that clip. I'm like, don't get too hung up on it. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to like kind of like just a little anti-capitalist about not buying into their vernacular. So I appreciate exactly. you, Eric. You're, you're not winning the war, but you're fighting the win- you're winning a little battle. You're punk That's rock. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll, st- I'll still take my iced Americano, you know. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. I'm not gonna say grande, I'll say medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's a win-win. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say also, what was the subplot with Deanne, who is um Jenny from Blackpink? I oh, believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That story really went nowhere. Dude, I think, they, nowhere. I think they just like Blackpink. Jenny was like, I'll be in the show. And they're like, well, we'll, and they're we'll like, write you in then. And they're like, <laughs> lots of insane stands are going to watch it for that reason alone. Yeah. I think it was purely for the scene where uh, they're, they're, they're in the sauna yeah. together, like Jocelyn and uh, Jenny. For the still. For the, for the thumbnail. Still, for the thumbnail. Yeah. Do it for the thumbnail, you know. Mm. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, she's smoking a cig in the sauna, which is like the coolest possible True. thing to do That's in a sauna. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. open up those pores and let that smoke in. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, yeah. This is a very good, like, pro-smoking show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Finally, we're letting hot people smoke on TV again. Do you think that was, like, not... She's such a natural Zoomer. Right in the show, I actually thought Louis Rose Depp was a good actress. Natural born super dude. I think she played her character so straight and so natural. Um, but like, do you think you think she should have been vaping the whole time instead? <laughs> oh, no, I like that she's uh, smoking yeah, those thin cigs. Yeah, like that. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do kids? Would kids? Would Zoomers smoke cigs still? Though? I mean, of course, some still do. Yeah, there's, maybe. A, there's always going to be like a niche yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think she's meant to be, I think, 25 or 26 in the right, show. So if she was like 18, I would say, ah, maybe it should be vaping. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like an alternate version of this movie or show, I mean, where she's actually like a TikTok star. <laughs> and she's like blasting the elf bar in between sessions. <laughs> I don't want to do more fucking TikToks, bro. 
<laughs> and then I met this creepy guy who just makes me make really good yeah. TikToks. <laughs> and that guy has a Caesar haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Zoomer, like, girls. Damn, so, look at the broccoli on that guy. Dude, that's my favorite Grand Theft Auto haircut was the Caesar. I'd always go for the Caesar. The idol subreddit is still to this day debating every single day what it is and whether it was good. Somebody posted a month ago, the idol is destined to be a cult classic, like it or not. To which someone further down in the thread, <laughs> who is, this user is titled vegan for bussy says, <laughs> you are retarded, capital R, which not a proper noun. So that's the kind of uh, prejudice you face when you go on record and say the idol is good. People really just come at you. Because <laughs> I feel like I've been told that by some people in my life. I mean, like, this is a good show. So there is still a lot of discourse to be had here, clearly. There is, yeah. And I think I was checking the weekend subreddit, and I think it's been maybe a week or so since anyone has discussed the idol, but people still do occasionally bring it up. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea of creating a dedicated idol sub was to stop the weekend's main sub from being completely dominated by it at the time. Mm-hmm. Now it's back to super high quality posts, like, here's my ranking of every song from this album. Yes. It's like, thanks. This is Damn. awesome content. Dude, the masculine urge to rank things. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Any huh. any musical artist sub is so crazy when people are like, what are your top 10? Or like, I'm a new listener. What should I listen to? It's like, I don't know. Do you need me to hold your hand while you listen to it? If I can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel like this is just not going to stick around. Mm. It's... Like, as a show, it just, it's all vibes, you know, it's all aesthetics. Like, the whole time I was watching, I was zoning in and out. It kind of just, I feel like it's the, like, like the lo-fi beats to study to <laughs> of HBO shows. Uh-huh. Oh, it's just ambient. Whereas, Ty, I have such a hotter take than you. I think Succession is actually not going to be remembered as one of the greatest HBO shows. Because I think it's too much of a product of the late Trump era. Mm. Whereas I think this is almost oddly detached from the sensibilities of our current time, which will help it in the future. Because mm-hmm. it's almost out of sync with what a lot of people want to show to say at this point. Right, right, right. But right. I could be totally wrong as well. <laughs> no, you're right. I just don't know if it had any like cultural repercussions enough to like resonate ongoing like i think about like the aesthetics and motifs associated with something like a barbie film that right is easily going to be referenced <laughs> at halloween and other kitschy events for right. the next couple mm-hmm. decades we could totally dress up as tedros like that would be I, such a i was thinking like nobody did that that, so that would be a good look that would be i fun. was thinking like even next year it would be fun like oh remember that show from a year ago that everybody hated <laughs> yeah that's where my rat tail is from yeah. <laughs> imagine going to a costume shop and like holding up a photo being like make me this yeah. are you gonna go grease or burn out at the end of the show or mm. there's also blue tux version that was a, that was a good right one. A right which which skin which skin yeah which i Mario kind of like the, skin are you going the yeah. open track jacket yeah, or like yeah. the very mm. i don't know if it was versace or not but the very ostentatious like versace type pattern shirt like silk like yeah top matching bottom yeah yeah with, Dude, the, with the hotel slippers yes <laughs> I feel like that fit though people just think you're like dressed up as like Peter Griffith in, in like a gangster kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, I want to be Tedros. <laughs> like and also for Halloween, yeah. <laughs> Tedros does get Hedros. That's the he thing. He does. 
Well, it's kind of funny because like the first it. two yeah, episodes yeah. of the show are just about the coolest guy ever, <laughs> and then it starts to decline. Oh, like I was telling you with that show, Tell Me Lies, where yeah. everybody's like, "This guy's the biggest male manipulator ever." I watched the first four episodes. I'm like, "This is just a guy in university," <laughs> and then the bad stuff starts happening. I'm like, okay, I see it more now. <laughs> Here's the thing: this show made me misogynistic. You did just ignore ignore a call from your girlfriend. I saw that. <laughs> I didn't even have the decency to end call. I just left it ringing. Let her in. Um, it made me think. It mm-hmm. made me feel. I think there were a few moments where I genuinely was like, I don't know. There's there was a few very impactful moments that I think I'm going to be thinking about for a long time. Like uh, I don't know the scene at the dinner table when they're all talking really comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the just like some of the songs and the performances um i don't know yeah there's a few moments that i'm like i think i'm gonna be thinking about for a long time i think it's gonna stay with me i think it's gonna stick around if it doesn't stick around for the world it's gonna stick around in my mind yeah Mm -hmm. and it's gonna live there (laughs) and we're podcasters just like tedros's cult and we belong to the world yeah Mm -hmm. exactly just like being a subway mascot the we all represent the idol in everything that we do yes (laughs) (laughs) we truly do uh let's toss it to break and then we'll come back super quick uh for the finale we are back we are so back (laughs) so i think that's pretty much everything everyone has to say about the idol but if anyone has any closing thoughts on that particular subject I recommend people go and watch it. <laughs> I think it's a watch. It's yeah. a watch. It's for sure a watch. It's it's one of a kind. There's one scene that didn't make sense to me that I want to talk to you guys about. Yeah. Um, when um, they're like standing around in the kitchen and there's Andreas, the like nutritionist or whatever the fuck he is. <laughs> the hot ass male chef. Yeah. The gorgeous <laughs> specimen of a nutritionist. Yeah. Um, where he starts like groping her, right? And then Tedros is like, Hey, Andreas, am I not groping my girl? <laughs> yeah. And then he goes and, like, slaps him. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, why didn't Andreas just beat the shit out of him? Because he's, like, got a foot on him. Right. Oh, and that yeah. comes after the very not intimidating scene where Tedros is threatening the guy at the Valentino store, who's mm. also taller and bigger than him. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, are we supposed to think that his energy, the vibes are just so bad that nobody wants to, like, step to him? <laughs> he did have, like, kind of scary vibes, you know what I mean? He had, he had the vibes, mm. he had very unpredictable vibes. Mm. Yeah, like, I yeah. won't kill you, but I will find, like, three guys to, like, beat the shit. Mitch Moe yeah. as well. Yeah. Mitch Moe yeah. <laughs> And I, I, yeah, I did mostly like The Weeknd as an actor, but I don't think he quite sold those intimidation scenes properly. Okay, mm. so do you think this is because, um... He just can't be intimidating because he's Canadian. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> like, name one Canadian, like, scary guy. Right. I'm pretty scared with what Drake is doing in his personal life, getting <laughs> face tattoos. Yeah. True. Uh, <laughs> but he's the type to be like, I'm not going to do shit, but right. you, like, it, it'll still happen. Like, but I have people. It, internet will. thought that I bought the body. You know Yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, you're Oh, right. the theory, the... I think lunatic theory that he killed XXX exactly. Tentacion. And it was not a lifetime of bad decisions that kills <laughs> this person. Yeah. Had to be Drake. It was not this guy who was incredibly antagonistic to everyone he ever met. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I don't I think we were meant to see in those scenes when it was like Tedros 
Tedros was very good at bossing around women, not so good at bossing around men. That's I would so say, true. which is like That's a specific point. type of person, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Right, right. Because Maybe? yeah, because uh, woman might be frightened of him because he is bigger than most of them but uh and he has a rat tail which is pretty insane yeah 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but why would guys be into, why would like rob be intimidated by him at all right when right. he comes into the party and he tries to fight him he tries to well, I, him. I i saw it as rob being more like kind of amused or yeah kind of like i don't want to deal with this person they're mm-hmm. so amped up and Tough. weird but like i don't think rob was necessarily intimidated no, in that no. scene totally. i, I kind of like I, I don't know maybe this is a hot take but i actually think the weekend drew uh, a very very careful line between being sometimes legitimately intimidating mm. and sometimes just seeming like a damn fool <laughs> um, yeah playing a damn fool so i kind of liked yeah i don't know i i kind of think he hit it right in the Right in the head. It does make him kind of a head. whole person in the show when you think about that. You see the cracks, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of do. Like, he's supposed to be both sides of the coin, I feel like. He's supposed mm. to be, at times, ridiculous. Mm. And then uh, life could be sometimes <laughs> ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> um, and <laughs> sometimes ridiculous. he does seem genuinely, like, kind of frightening and, like, what's he going to do and unpredictable. So yeah, he kind of falls in that, like, chaotic evil quiet. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but I feel like they were trying to tell a, this story about how he's becoming very possessive and that makes sense because he his ability is being aggressively psychological towards women it doesn't work on men because they're incapable of thought <laughs> or <emotion. laughs> smooth brains <laughs> just vibes yeah but I, it was interesting how they like finished the scene in the valentino store uh clearly communicate to the audience that he's possessive and then they didn't even need the scene with andreas it was it had already mm. been established he was possessed, but they wanted to double down on it. Just really make sure everybody knew. Like, right. So it's like, I think that was meant to show him exerting like a creeping influence within her domestic sphere mm. and like the house becoming unsafe. But I would argue you already have that through. There felt like a million scenes where Tedros was bullying Leia. <laughs> yes. And okay, here's one. <laughs> Fuck it, we're going two more hours. Here's one thing. Here's one <laughs> thing. Go with Leia that didn't make sense to me. She's continually scared and always trying to call out to Haim, but she's also fucking Isaac. Mm-hmm. It seems very contradictory. It's like mm-hmm. how nervous and kind of uh, wary this character seems. I don't know if she'd jump into bed with Isaac, but we're meant to think it's consensual, mm-hmm. I think. Dude, just... So is he just too hot to not fuck? Is that the yeah, takeaway? I believe so. <laughs> that's Moses Somni, right? Yeah, that's Moses. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the bleached eyebrow, which is a crazy look. The single bleached eyebrow. Yeah. And I don't think he puts on a shirt or pants the whole show. <laughs> no. no. He's always in, like, not. leopard underwear. Yeah. For this part, <laughs> well, to be fair, if I was built like that, that's also how I would play the character. <laughs> I didn't know he was that built when I would listen to his music as just a performer. I, I didn't realize that he was so put together yeah he's got mm-hmm. a, a body for film but a voice for music he's a <laughs> double, the whole package you gotta re to track. all those albums now i'm gonna <laughs> it gives me a completely different perspective yeah exactly yeah i feel like with her i think it's a similar to the other characters modus which is the sense of belonging i think she just right. saw this fun misfit game coming together and she wanted to be a part of that yes yeah so, yeah, sometimes you just gotta 
fuck your way in you know i feel mm-hmm. like i feel like one of the things that isaac <laughs> just does... like i got on this podcast <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, you, oh, you be... get a seat at the table <laughs> you have to be it's like a gang you have to be jumped in or sexed in yeah <laughs> <laughs> you have to pick one uh i did think isaac did a really good flirting move with leia where when he's asking her like where are you from and she's like new york and he's like you don't seem like you're from there I feel like yeah. no matter what somebody responds, you can just be like, you don't seem like you're mm-hmm. from there. And it'll instantly create a sense mm-hmm. of intrigue. Mm-hmm. And you follow up with like a compliment. It's like, oh, you're too nice to be from New York. Yeah. Or something. It's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hit him with the hot and the cold. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Dude. And then be like, I've heard your songs. I don't think you know how to fuck. Let me put these ice cubes all over you. Yeah. Oh. Hit him with the ice cubes. You, you got me on chub right now. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> um real quick question that i want to go around the table what is your favorite weekend music video because i feel like his music videos have been really good for the most part and i think he does bring a lot of creativity and a lot of like, film references to them is there one that stands out in your mind Damn, mm. that's a very good question he has so many what was the one george we were watching i showed it to you where it's kind of like the bot no it's no. like the de palma body double type voyeurism oh that one was good actually and it's like all the blue light in the apartment Fuck, yeah, uh the was... hills where he wrecks the car is very good and then mm. like kind of descends into the underworld i think then that one was from dawn fm yeah it was mm-hmm. a newer one newer one that one is really it was from the era where it's like i don't even like the music really yeah, but the yeah. video so was the most strong. recent album yeah yes i think oh, so his prototypes in the cinematography yeah i think Mm -hmm. uh belong to the world off kissland had a very good video Mm -hmm. that one was very blade runner yeah where he's like kind of a future troop in somewhere in japan maybe tokyo um i think it was is there someone else i believe yes that sounds familiar is there someone else in that Whoa, we should we should sign you. <laughs> I have Ron Hood talent. I know. Dude, I'm one of the ragtag kids that the weekend picked up off the street, man. He trained what, me. What Abel if he, trained me. What if you had just been an incredible <laughs> singer this whole time, but just chosen podcasting? <laughs> chosen poorly. Abel taught me. Remember that skit from uh, My Beautiful Dark Horse oh, yeah. of Fantasy? Oh, shit. Easy yeah, taught yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, Abel taught me. <laughs> I think it, I think Tedros did some reupholstering, we could say. <laughs> Stretch that tiny little square footage. Stretch that tiny little podcast. <laughs> Ty, do you have a weekend music video? I have a, a take you guys are not going to like. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Uh, I will be ostracized. Oh, fuck off. I, <laughs> I don't like music videos. Oh, I thought you were just going to say, yeah. I don't like music. <laughs> no, I'll take that one. I'm out for music. Uh, no, I just feel like they're mm. overstimulating, and they oh, always wow. tell. <laughs> they're also they always tell a story about the music that I didn't want to hear. Mm. Like yes. I, the beauty of music is that you get to write your own story for it, and usually mm. you, you allow it to be the soundtrack for something happening in your own life. Yeah. Then as soon as you watch the music video, it assigns that song to a story that wasn't yours to mm. tell, right. and I hate that about it. I don't <laughs> like giving that up. There's a sense of ownership that I have when I hear music. <laughs> That has right. been taken away from me. I realize it's on loan. So you've never seen a music video and been like, he just like me for real. I actively <laughs> avoid the music videos mm. if possible. Right, right, right. You're like, the weekend is singing about me mm. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is obsessed with this me, man. Really, yeah. So <laughs> this guy's stalking me, dude. This guy wants me in his cult for real. Mm. I yeah. mean, we can choose whatever to believe, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. 
Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this take was received decently well by you three. Thank you. No, you know what? I I'm kind of on your side. Like I really rarely watch music videos. I I also prefer to just listen to the the track. Let the track speak for itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I completely disagree with all of you on this one. <laughs> okay. Actually. Yeah. Um, I think the video is a lost art form. Mm-hmm. It's something that perfectly accompanies a world that the artist is creating. Think about the world that like Kanye creates for with every single album, like mm-hmm. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm-hmm. All the visuals for that go so perfectly with the music. Yeah. And yeah. they give you a perfect visual for what Kanye is trying to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think that's a prime example of both things working together to create something even better. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. But I think it could be done. I like it when it's done with album art. Mm-hmm. And things like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Kanye's you're right. the rare exception, though, because he has a aesthetic eye, or like the maybe like the ability to transcend mediums and how he acts creatively. And I wouldn't say that all musicians have that. Most musicians do not. That's why they're in most music. musicians still need a stylist. Let's <laughs> yeah, be real. Exactly. Not all musicians <laughs> make good music either. It's like yeah. you can't expect everyone to make good music videos. Yeah, it's true. Most of them suck. Like yeah. <laughs> and like, I feel like even with this film, I bet like Mitch Moe's probably played more of a role in the aesthetics and production of this film than we're giving the man credit for. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more on Eric's side. I think a good music video can really expand the world of the music. And yeah, ideally, I like it when an artist creates an aesthetic or like a vibe around mm-hmm. a release of music where it's like, yeah, the artwork and even like the social media presence sometimes. Mm-hmm. I love it when people delete everything they've posted and then just have like one post mm-hmm. on Instagram. Right, right. New album, like, new me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what Jocelyn needed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I still wanted that flashback of seeing Jocelyn's early career where <laughs> it was like not so bleak. Just like a brief glimpse. I kind of like the vague references to like the mm. past. Um, there's a mystery to it that mm-hmm. I enjoyed. Oh, circling. Sorry. <laughs> I'm never letting you guys go. Circling back to Jocelyn. <laughs> she definitely leaked her own cum photo, right? Oh, oh fuck. I, would have I, I interpreted <laughs> that to be like she did that to garner sympathy for herself. Because learning what a manipulator she is by the end is like, I think that's the most logical explanation. That's true. They did hypothesize that it could be a selfie based off the angle. So we have a motive. We have the weapon. (laughs) Yeah. We have the residue of the weapon being fired. What if that was the big twist at the end? Not the hairbrush, but just she leaked her own cum photo. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) The synths play. Inception noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The music for the show is so sick. It's so good. And um, have you guys checked out the music videos for it? It's so... I actually have it. Wait, there's music videos for the score for the show. The show is the music video, bro. Exactly. And I think we mostly just use clips from the show mm. for music videos. There was one video where um, all the maids are cleaning up after like a night of debauchery and stuff like that. And there's like people emptying out like Coke, like trays and like putting it back in little baggies and stuff like that. And then there's one scene where the maid, it's like a small little Latina woman, has to like pull a huge black oh, dildo off of the yeah. marble wall. <laughs> I right. think that's a, it, at the beginning goes, of episode four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. This is a great it, B-roll. Yeah, yeah. It's um one of the better songs, actually. But you just hear... And <laughs> <laughs> she pulls it off of the wall. This, like, this is an amazing like first three seconds of this video. The sound effect being mixed into the music. They remix it. chopped and sweet version of that. Yeah. Mike Dean. They need Mike Dean on that. 
Yeah, dude. Damn, I gotta check out the music videos for this. Man. It's fun. It's Mike Keen. Um, but I was gonna ask you guys. We're like, it's it's late game. This is these are the scary hours. Mm, we're yeah. in the scary hours. O- only the most deranged fans have made it to this point, so you guys can really let fly with what you say. <laughs> the parents have left the building. Wait. It's just us here, boys. Listen. Have we re- hit record yet? I thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, I take back everything. Yeah, hold on. Let me just restart. Uh, what would you guys do if a photo of you <laughs> with a Facebook account leaked online? <laughs> what would be your move? Okay, like, you, your girlfriend or, like, someone at work shows it, shows you the JPEG. Right. Mm-hmm. You just found out. What's your first thing that you do? You're at work. Damn. Well, I think the first thing you need to do is establish the story you want to tell about how that photo was created. Yes. Clearly, because you're like, I'm going to have to tell yeah. people how I ended up in that situation. Right. So I can either tell the truth. <laughs> Record scratch. <laughs> You're probably wondering how I ended up there. <laughs> uh, do you think in these in these twisted days, you could be like, it's CGI, it's Photoshop, yeah, it's, it's AI. fake, it's AI. It's a deep fake, yes. yeah. Because I, I think you could pass fake. that off mm-hmm. as your story. I mean, I saw a video yesterday where it was like a crate, not of something like this. Uh, it was a render of like an airport baggage carousel. And this like giant rolling ball full of suitcases going around and it looks so real but obviously it's a render it's like mm-hmm. people can create images and videos that are so convincing so i think you could just play it off it's so like, that seems like the obvious narrative then but then the immediate follow-up question will be well who would have the motive to do that is your podcast really that bad <laughs> oh it really is <laughs> <laughs> who have you burnt recently oh man um yeah i think you would have to figure out yeah, list of enemies, list mm. of ops. Okay. Well, it could be anybody I named in the enemies of the yes, podcast yeah, segment. So it could yeah. be the Zionists. It could be girls <laughs> posting about love languages. Bin Laden. It could be Bin Laden. Yeah, we named him we, as an enemy. We don't know for sure that he's dead. We never saw the body. Better so. to keep him on the list. And yeah. yeah. Better save yeah, the story. Yeah. <laughs> what about that dude on Reddit? The one who uh, oh, you've been cyberbullying? Yeah. This is, is this what I've been hearing? So... <laughs> I have not cyberbullied this individual in a while, but his histrionic meltdowns across multiple subreddits <laughs> continue to this day. And he's oh, very no. embattled because now there are people doing very similar names to him on Reddit, but just doing slightly different punctuation. And he has Whoa. to make a post being like, this isn't me, it's <laughs> fake. Wow. But people have really started turning against him. And have you done this as well? Like, have you no, created no. That's, it sounds like a devious thing I would do. I've really been foot off the gas with this. It's so weird. A lot of people have been doing this. Yeah, me, though. So many people have been so, doing this. Got copycat critters all over Reddit. <laughs> yes. Tiny animals. And I, <laughs> I would say this person has a very distinctive... Uh, syntax and like way of typing that people are wow. easily able to uh, imitate right <laughs> but I still maintain this is one of the most profoundly annoying people I've ever encountered um, online or otherwise and you know I I don't wish for anything bad to physically happen to them I just wish they'd stop posting on subreddits where I like to look at posts totally get that that's how I feel about the entire think fresh subreddit <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> these are people who should fan, not continue posting yeah, fan made it's not official just to be clear yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true just to circle back I think the next best alibi uh, or excuse would be George insane. are you worried this is going to happen <laughs> to you like, you yeah, seem no. very uh, less <laughs> here's what I would say you guys I would say that the cum was self-inflicted <laughs> oh that's a good one that's yeah. not bad right that's not bad that's a, a small embarrassing story that yes. resolves itself immediately exactly. no follow-on questions exactly 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. No follow-up oh, questions. Yeah, no follow-up. <laughs> I don't know about no follow-up questions, but significantly less follow-up questions for sure. Right. At that yeah. point, it's kind of like, yeah, damage control. Yeah. How, how do you yeah. get ahead of the narrative? Yeah, yeah totally. If like, Rolling Stone magazine says your show is a mess, how do you get ahead of that narrative? Dude, but that would boost our numbers up like crazy. Do you think, oh, yeah. it'd be, do you think that'd be worth it, though? Yeah, what what local publication could we pay to have a hit piece about us? <laughs> if I meant like, who could we pay to nut on our face? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think we could find that for free if we were yeah. so inclined. It ain't in this room, I'll tell you. Yeah, no. It's probably 100 meters away on Grindr. Um, we're two hours into this episode. We are not that desperate for content. No. <laughs> I was going to say, ahead of us doing our first live show, we should have a publication be like, this is an event you need to protest. This is so outrageous. Just like, Shut it down. You can't support this kind of thing. <laughs> and we can back. go on stage. Land back. We can go on stage and talk about cancel culture. <laughs> Damn. Uh, if you're getting ahead of cancel culture, is it? Are you canceling yourself, or are you giving a voice to the canceled? Mm, Share the control, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a game of control at that point. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. We do need like to plant FBI agents into the into yeah. our audience, right? Yeah. Like, what did they call them? Like the people who were like they thought were like throwing bricks into like the stores, the storefronts <laughs> uh, during oh, like the BLM like the protests, like the stuff. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Right. We need mm-hmm. those type of people. We need to hire whoever those guys were for our at your live show to instigate. Yeah. pile of bricks yeah just like <laughs> yeah. in the theater uh, it's yeah. like what the fuck is this and then a yeah. simulated storefront full of fake mm. designer stuff yeah. it's you behind the cyber truck glass yeah. <laughs> Damn. well i still do think when when eventually we do a live event i am going to get shot like john lennon so yeah. there's gonna be a deranged fan gunning us down but you know time will tell we're like mm. pop shot you guys are invited. <laughs> I know that's a strong sell for it. Yeah, we might be the shooters. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, just no, might be. You're like, oh, I'm going to be there. Yeah. All right. Well, what, thank you. Wait, I oh, got one more question. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sorry, it's, it's about the, the the cum shot photo. I just, we asked about like, right. it's um, how it manifested. But one plot in the story I never got a conclusion to was whether or not she used it as the album artwork. Yes. Right. Do you think that she did it? Do you think she went forward with it? Or do you think she canceled that? I don't think she did because I think her team would have vetoed it. (laughs) But yeah, that I would have liked to see what does this album look like? Let me see the packaging. Mm -hmm. Let me see what the final looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't think she did it either because I feel like if she did, we would have saw a continuation of that subplot. Yes. But because it fizzled out, you can assume. And also, mm-hmm. I would have liked to know a little bit more about like who is the average Jocelyn listener because there was a comment when that was the su- suggestion, like, oh, we should use this picture as the album cover. Something about like, how are we going to sell this like 14 year olds mm-hmm. making it sound like her average or like target audience is quite young. Mm-hmm. I think that makes total but sense. Yeah. I don't know. It's like if she was this child star, would there also be people who have like grown up with her and now want something edgier as represented right. by her current music. So I don't know. I kind of got like Lana Del Rey vibes from yeah, her a little sometimes. bit. From, literally from one of the songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of the songs. And just also this need to continually be more edgy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think her audience would still skew young. Because like 
like like even Taylor Swift today, right? It's like, yes, there have been people that grew up with her listening to her that are like our age, but still, I think the majority of her audience is like skews young, right? Mm-hmm. Young, lower mm-hmm. high school age. I more young like. than old. Yeah, more young than More old. young than old, but I think a lot of people in their 20s are pretty devoted Taylor Swift mm-hmm. fans. I don't know. I would love to see a, a Spotify rap for mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Do you think Taylor Swift looks at her own Spotify numbers? Definitely. Drop the analytics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, gotta, we gotta check that out. <laughs> yeah, she she must. Everyone's obsessed with the numbers. It's a numbers game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like Drake as well. Like, you have all the old heads like us and older, mm-hmm. as well as, like, all the new guys, too, because of his, like, ability to collab Gosh. with, like, all the young artists. And kind mm-hmm. of find the next relevant trend and not get too entrenched in one sound. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, like, for, for us as podcasters, I think we've ridden our current wave as far as we can. We need, like, the next podcasting vibe. Yeah. Do we go reading. woke next? <laughs> <laughs> you right. start reviewing, like, elf bars and shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Are you ready for, uh, for a demographic deep dive into Taylor Swift fandom? Hell yeah. Please. Some 45% of avid fans are millennials people between the ages of 27 and 42, while 23% are baby boomers, 21% are Gen Xers, and just 11% are members of Generation Z. So how is avid fan measured in this context? Is it people who streamer? Is it people buying tickets to concerts? That's a great question. How is that quantified? That's a great question. Yeah, and I don't think we have time to delve into that tonight. (laughs) I, I will say, though, that those numbers kind of map to what my general understanding of how our population has aged and yes. like where those numbers are so it's almost yeah. like yes. she appeals to the greatest common yeah. denominator yes. of every single generation like everyone's listening to everyone's her. listening relative yeah. to their generation yes i think we need to go through a taylor swift arc where we become universally beloved and people can really project their own stuff onto mm-hmm. our content mm-hmm. <laughs> so the opposite of what we're doing <laughs> where it's incredibly niche and everyone hates us <laughs> It's a lot easier if you don't make a music video. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm taking notes. No music video. No more video podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we still have a couple more in the vault. I need to use multiple Adobe programs to fix the Oh, yeah, we do trap. have music videos mm, that are God. locked up. For, for the Patreon subscribers Acon. only. Yeah. So yes. the audio dropped for those already? Yes, yes, the audio was dropped. These are the episodes for Burning Betrayal and Escaping Twin Flames. Okay. So there is... Video forthcoming. We, uh, we, we have the Simon's cut of yeah. for two episodes. <laughs> we spent millions of dollars setting up my iPhone in a ring light. The episodes actually look really nice. Yeah. But we just haven't figured out a way to properly sync the audio. Yeah. So, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Look, we're no Mike Dean over here. Mm-mm. Yeah, we're no super producers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our bong's not big enough. Yeah, yeah, we're missing four bongs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Mike doesn't do it for me. This mic is almost bong size yeah, in proportion. It's a bong bong right here. I'd say your Pringles can over there is uh, probably the closest thing to a bong we got. Your big ass Santa Claus Pringles can. Dude, you know the Pringles container's been like bongified so many times oh, yeah. by like just like some creative high school kid. <laughs> Dude, how many people have put their cock and balls you think into the well, I, and like every damn. single time i see a pringles can i kind of want to low-key do that i was about to say there is a travis scott lyric <laughs> yeah. i believe from birds in the trap sing mcknight one of those songs where it's like I think it's rodeo oh or rodeo where it's like she want to know if my dick long as a pringles 
box? <laughs> and it's like Pringles don't famously they come in a tube. They don't come in a box. That might be the stupidest bar I've ever heard. I was racking my brain. Like before you said that, I was like, did he say box or can? I was he, like, I think he, he does box. say box. Oh, yeah. Fuck, man. Famously, they wow. come in a tube. That's one of those ones he was listening to like a week after the album dropped. And he was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. And he just, he's like, fuck it, dude. I'm not going to redo this what just you, for that. What but do you, like, fuck. What do you think was a bigger Travis Scott PR crisis? Pringles box? <laughs> when he wore the brown bat suit for Halloween and everyone made fun of him? Or when people literally died at his uh, overpacked concert? Oh, that's oh, tough, dude. I'm going to say tough. the bat suit. Yeah. <laughs> it was not the Astroworld tragedy, but the apology video where he was like mm. just like moping into a camera and like a black and white filter. Yes. Right. Probably the worst image I've mm-hmm. seen of him. Yeah. Dude, every year at Halloween, it crosses my mind, should I go ask Travis Scott going as Batman? But I do not think I could pull it off. If you do that next year, I'll go as Tedros Tedros. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll be the uncancelables. Hopefully. (laughs) Shit. Well, boys, I think that about wraps it up. Thank you very much for joining us for this absolute marathon sesh. Um, I know you guys were worried about whether you'd have the fortitude, the stamina, but we all made it. So think fresh podcast. We're all better for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. These guys are consistent two times a week, every week. It's kind of <laughs> phenomenal. We, we appreciate you, uh, you young men, uh, inviting us onto the podcast. <laughs> um, it's nice to collaborate with other like-minded, uh, casters in the community. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoy getting some new perspectives on, a show that makes less sense than ever, but I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by, and I will no doubt watch a third time at some point. <laughs> I'm more confused now than when I was watching it. Same. Yeah. Hearing all the theories, but I appreciate all the fun. It's like when you watch a video essay, like Mulholland Drive explained, <laughs> then you yeah, watch yeah. it, you're like, what the fuck? And it's like an hour long video. I just like, no, don't, don't recommend this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep thinking about the show an unhealthy amount. Yeah. An alarming amount. Mm-hmm. And listening to the songs yes. and telling your coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, folks. Well, we're signing off. Uh, next week will be the Netflix original. Back to Netflix. The Todd Haynes movie, May, December, which I watched last night. Mm-hmm. It was disturbing. It was unsettling. It was very well made. Uh, yeah. So that'll I'm be a fun time. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks for Bye. having us, boys. Stay oh, fresh, you're everybody. Very welcome. <laughs> Ciao. Bye. Bye. Damn. This shit long like a Pringles box. <laughs> <laughs> Could you fit this episode? <laughs>